XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opie and Anthony Channel. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now.
down to it, boppers. Let's get down to it, boppers. It's the Ron and Fez show with brand new Rolling Stones. Chris Stanley digging in a big way. That was great. You know, I got that sent. I got up in uh, this morning and it was sent to me. And I'm like, all right, I put it on and I'm like, so trained to go into the, yeah, those guys are going through the motions. And I'm like, halfway through, I'm like, what the fuck? This is like 1975 Stones, you know? When, when I first like, heard do Rolling Stones single, this yeah. can't possibly be good. But then, actually, from the first fucking lick, from the first, from as soon as I was like, holy, this guy's dirty. We're actually going to listen to it again, I think. <laughs> it's, uh... It's strong as shit. Yeah, and I was doing... I was in my last couple decades of, okay, here we go. <laughs> Why are you fucks with it? Rich guys going through the motions. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Surprising. You know, it is an exile on Main Street, but it just may be like... Tat- I'm going to even go before Tattoo You. I'm like more of a goat head soup, maybe. Nice. It's strong. All right, buddies, it's the Ron Fez Show on what the Bible tells us is a Monday. Or no, the Bible tells us it's a Monday. Science says it's a Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday. I'm going to call it a Monday then because I follow the Bible. It's good of you. And I do that because it's rules of God that we can follow in each of our lives and make it stronger and better. It's nice that the rules are written out for us. Uh, you and I and Fez uh, went out yesterday after the show to the burger joint, which we haven't done in a long, long time. It's been, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I was there. It's been so long. I forgot how much I love that place. It is great. <laughs> it's just fun. And Fez was like fun. Did you notice? Like oh. Fez was like old Fez. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just feeling that maybe if we got him back to 57th Street. Just, we just gravitate towards there. Oh, 57th Street was great. Remember we had that weird cart that let us just go out onto the street randomly whenever we wanted to and just fucking just talk on the street with these, those fucking mics? Oh, yeah, that's right. That was fun as shit. <laughs> on a nice day, you can just go stand outside, <laughs> do the show anyway. It's bizarre. I don't know. We were just like, because you're closer to the street there, you're just like a little more grounded. We're here. We're just up in the clouds and, and it's fucking just, celebrities come in. And, this place is like a fortress. Yeah, it is. So there... There would always just be wildness, you know. The door was open, so <laughs> that freaked regular, out. Yeah, regular nutty New York people would come in and out of the place all the time, and like, we and of course O and A were always happy enough with that. But then the serious people were like, well, "Who do you, you know, what are you going to do if they start shooting?" And we're like, "Well, we're on the street anyway most of the time, so <laughs> we could be shot anywhere." No one's gonna start shooting. How did you feel about your Yankees? That was so goddamn exciting. I loved it. It was just, it was amazing. To fucking take out A-Rod and put in a Banyas. Raul! And then have him do... basically walk, two like, walk-offs, basically. The fucking natural, you know what I mean? It's just some crazy-ass shit just oh, breaking sick. Baltimore's spirit because, you know, you're like, fuck, Baltimore's in this thing. It's fucking Yankee Stadium. They win this game. It's over. You know, they're on their way. That, yeah, then the momentum swings, and then it just looks like shit. 
And that second shot he hit, he fucking crushed that thing. Yeah, it that was. was nuts. It was like the big fucking league World Series <laughs> shot. And like, there he is. I don't want to hurt your feelings and blow hard and all this. But there's a part of me that's gone, oh, come on, Orioles. This, you haven't been there in so long. No, this, this is, is such, the Yankees. This is a great... You, I know that there's no way for you to understand this, but the Yankees get so much, and I know the history's there. So beating the Yankees is such an exciting thing, <laughs> and uh, it looked like it was happening. Bottom of the ninth, they tie it up, and then I don't know how A-Rod gets up this morning. You know, I mean, that's got to feel weird. He has the fucking, he's put on the face of like, yeah, hey, you know, it's great. Maybe 10 years ago I would have been pissed, but now, you know. It's great for the team. Yeah. You know, anything to help out the organization, anything to go with the ball club. And then Bonnie's like, yeah, A-Rod's the first guy to come out there. Give me a high five. Yeah, I bet. Uh, he's fucking stewing inside. Well, I can't feel good. You know what I mean? Like, you want to be the man. There's something in you that you want to be the man. Especially a guy like A-Rod, who has just ridiculous numbers and is expected, has been expected to fucking perform. But he's been a goddamn slump forever now. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, forever. <laughs> just <laughs> it's, it's killing me. And October's never been his month, which is kind of bad. Since that's when the real important <laughs> baseball happens. That's when we need you to perform. Yeah. And fucking Jeter's fucking hitting triples, goddamn killing it on a you, bum leg. You know, all the other sports are great, but the real stress and tension of October baseball, there's nothing else like in the sports where you're just having that feeling of, I can't, how long... How's this happening? I mean, just the fact that you see people praying in the stands, and you know that as that stadium is going over, that there's uh, going crazy, that people are, in Baltimore are just laying on the floor like, oh, how did this happen? That pricked us. They put in a body as and he fucking kills the game. It was, you know, like we said, it's just that stuff that seems like sports writers would write it up. <laughs> it's amazing. It was just just sick watching that. Uh, Adam in California, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, Ronnie B. It's hilarious how ex-baseball players love the term cock shot, but they really don't know the definition. So last night after the uh, A's and Tigers game, David Wells was describing Coco Crisp's hit. He goes, look, you get the cock shot right there. Dennis Eckersley and Shane Victorino were in studios. They were laughing. And, like, Boomer didn't even realize he said cock shot. Um, we, uh... Found out we've uh, we're going to get into this today. It, this week is the one year anniversary of the Interrobang, and I'm going to give you some craziness that's going on with that. And uh, I'm going to give you Chris Stanley because I never tell you. I haven't kept you completely up to date, but yeah. some crazy numbers. <laughs> oh shit! It's done. I, I I know I told you for a while, and I'm like I'm going to hold some of these for on the air. Uh, and I'm not a big numbers guy, but for this being this. This fun project. It's been very, very interesting. But first, we've got a guest stopping in. You like parks and recreation, right? Love it. Uh, the, uh, the the show really belongs to... Uh, I mean, the fact that one guy has taken this thing and kind of taken over for, for it all... And that is, of course, Nick Offerman and what he's done with his character. Swanson is just hysterical. Ron Swanson is eighty percent of the internet <laughs> is Ron Swanson memes on a show that's a ridiculous ensemble cast. He's the guy that people just can't get enough of. Yeah, and there's so many funny people in that show, and the writing's great, and everything they do is great. 
Uh, but there's something about that Ron Swanson character. Nick Alferman is here. He's in uh, Smashed. That comes out tomorrow. You heard me raving about that. Who is the uh, lead actress in that? Oh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary is her first name? Yeah. She's amazing. Um, let's bring in uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman is in studio with us, and the single cringiest moment in the movies this year belongs to you, my friend. It's uh, in the new film, Smashed, which I think is just unbelievable. Thank you. Uh, we had Mary in here last week, and I honestly think I honestly think she's going to get an Oscar nomination for this. Gosh, it's, you sure should, sure, yeah. you know. I don't know what else you got to do to get one. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing what this kid did, and I just didn't see it coming. I'd seen all of her other work before, and I thought, oh, what a pretty young girl. And then you go to this movie, and she takes you on a journey. It's just phenomenal what she does with it. I got to tell you, yeah, she just, you know, she it's just such a, a raw, honest human portrayal. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that says, we should give her a trophy. <laughs> well, the weird thing is that we don't get a lot of that in film anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's robots and there's aliens and stuff, but humans sitting around trying to work stuff out. Yeah, just dealing with the human condition. Yeah. Now, you play uh, a guy in the show that helps her so much, and then you do something... Uh, very guyish. Yeah. Very, very male. Yeah, I do something uh, slightly animal. Yeah. Embarrassingly so. But the way that I took it, I don't want to give any of it away, but the way I took it is this is a kind of a lonely guy who watched too much porn and thinks that that's the way that you could talk to people. Yeah. You that, know? I think that's a pretty <laughs> astute observation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how did you get involved with uh, a project like this? Uh, the... <clears throat> Excuse me. The filmmaker James Ponsolt, uh, writer and director, uh, got a hold of me. Um, he had Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Aaron Paul in the two leads, and then he had these few other supporting roles. and he, And he really did a beautiful job uh, with his co-writer Susan um, of writing their supporting roles so that everybody really had something to do. You know, they, mm -hmm. didn't, they didn't just write in a waitress. They gave everybody a little story. And so my part uh, as the vice principal, my wife, Megan Mullally, plays the principal of, this, of Mary's school, um, and Octavia Spencer and Mary Kay Place. We all have a really nice little arc. And uh, James got a hold of me and came over to my, my furniture shop. I have a wood shop mm -hmm. in L.A., and we had a really nice three-hour meeting, and, and he said, I really want you to do this. And I said, I really want to do it. All the days you want me are parks and recreation production days, so unfortunately I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my superhero producer, a guy named Morgan Sackett, who produces Parks and Rec, he said, oh, let me look at the calendar. And the next day he said, I can make this work for that you. That just doesn't happen. Oh, People he, don't think, how can I you know, adjust the show to help out somebody else? It just doesn't happen. And he's doing it with, with eight of us leads on the show. Yeah. So, somebody should buy this guy an island. 
Well, this show, uh, you know, you bring up Parks and Rec, and it's just one of those shows that just works, and everybody loves it, and whoever comes into the show does great, you know, working with everybody. Um, but it seems like you've got so many things going on all the time, don't you? Uh, I do, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, Children's I'm, Hospital you do as well. and I do. I'm, I'm really lucky. I uh, I worked really hard for many years as a theater professional. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess even then I was I was multitasking. Uh, I, w- I would build the set for the play, and then I would be in the play. Um, I would choreograph the sword fights in the play and what mm-hmm. have you. And uh, my wife and I both just love the, getting the opportunity to get this nice work. I mean, when... And she plays a whole different side of her, you know? She does, yeah. She plays a monster. Yeah, <laughs> she does. But at the same time, I'm like... Well, you know, this is what happens. You kind of, you know, you you kind of fuck up, and sometimes, you know, you do have to pay for that. You know, it's true, yeah. Um, but you know, your wife is so amazing because I missed her big NBC show. It's one of those shows I just never caught. And then when she was doing Party Down and and Children's Hospital, I was saying to people like, "Oh, you've got to see her. She's amazing." And they're like, "Dude, she's a big star. You, you haven't discovered anybody. <laughs> you know, you want you tell us about Lucille." ball next but she was she could go in so many different directions man she's i've never met anybody more talented than her uh i, I think she she does has an amazing dramatic turn and yeah. smashed and and i think she's uh i think she's starting to lean into a sort of meryl streep chapter where she's going to get to start doing some great film roles well it's it's kind of interesting that you know particularly with well-known people from tv it takes that second to get beyond it, but if you've got that character, you know everyone just starts to you know go on the journey with you. you yeah, know, it's she, that easy. She's got chops like yeah, crazy. She does. Now the fact that you could build stuff did that help you in theater? Is that one of the one of the things that that made you useful early on? It did. Yeah, it was it was key because um, I, I got into this theater school in Illinois and uh, I was terrible for the mm-hmm. first four or five years. I just uh, had a long way to to go before I became a naturalistic actor. And during those years, I couldn't get cast for shit. Uh But I was one of the only actors that could build stuff. I mean, all all these other kids from the suburbs had never hammered a nail. Uh And so I was valued. uh, They would give me small parts and shows so that I would show up and build everything. And through that, I was able to become better and better until I finally was able to get a, get a decent role. And it just takes a couple pieces in theater. When you're doing smaller theater, if you have a couple pieces, it changes everything. It does, you know? yeah. Uh, we were actually talking about uh, woodworking this earlier this week because I love when I'm up uh, state to see any of the crisscross boats. I think that those wooden boats are the most beautiful thing. They sure are. Uh, and you make canoes, which... To me, is mind blowing because I could not understand how wood can bend. It's amazing, but you have this up on your website. This thing that you can sit down and watch you build this canoe, and it's it's mind blowing. Well, thank you. It's uh, you know something that I I encourage people to do. Uh, I'm fascinated with woodworking because it's a, it's a really healthy salve in my life. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's great in general to be able to make a table uh, because right. they're, they're useful they keep your beer off the floor, but uh, it, in a more philosophical way, 
it allows me to spend my time doing something productive. And uh, it's it's funny, you know, it is unfathomable. When I first looked at a canoe, I said, I don't think I can do this. Right. And my teacher, a guy named Ted Moore's up in Canada, he has a great company called Bear Mountain Boats. He said, you know what, read, read this book. If you just do it one step at a time, you can accomplish it. And I, I read the book and I said, all right, I'm going to trust you. And if you look at it all of, of a piece, I mean, it's very much like life. If you look at, the, at a whole career, you right. say, I could never do that. But if you take one step at a time uh, and you just accomplish a little bit each, each day. Is there satisfaction in each step, though, or are you thinking ahead? No, there really is satisfaction yeah. in achieving each step. I mean, building a boat is, is magical. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's using wood to create a form of locomotion that allows us to cross a lake uh, where a bear can't chase us. And, right. And there's there's something when you first go out on the water in a boat that you've built yourself, I it felt I felt like a superhero. Sure. Like I I can think better than all you goddamn <laughs> mammals around exactly. me. Exactly. Because that's all we had. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was the initial thing. You came up with a spear, you came up with fire, and suddenly we've moved up. But I think uh, boats are beautiful and also a guitar. To me, to see a guitar which is like a piece of art that then can create art, yeah. it's phenomenal. And again, you look at it and you think, no, you can't do that with wood. It's impossible. Yeah. it's That's, uh, that's my big my big next goal is I'm about to make a bunch of ukuleles uh -huh. as a sort of kindergarten class to then attempt some acoustic guitars, which I'm really excited about. And you've never tried anything along these lines before. I haven't, but you know, when I, I play guitar and, and I, I, <coughs> I really wanted to get a, a vintage Gibson J 200. Right. It's sort of the granddaddy, big old country guitar, but they're really expensive. The good ones from, you know, the, the, the best period from f 1948 to 60, they're, crazily expensive and every time i go look at one <coughs> thinking i'm gonna buy it i just think i'm not good enough to spend this money on this guitar right. and eventually i said you know what you could make one of these goddamn things and so i got some books and read about how to how to build guitars and i realized that everything is just a version of what i've already done on a canoe they're they're both really similar curved hollow thin vessels mm -hmm. and so i know i know that i can do each step of a guitar the the sort of alchemy in guitar building though is when you create the whole vessel it's shaving it and tuning it just right if it's if it's too heavy it's yeah. just, it's like playing a 2 by 4 and if it's too light when you tighten up the strings it explodes so it's finding that magical middle ground. Yeah, you don't want to make something beautiful and then have Eric Clapton go, well, this is shit. Yeah. This, I don't care what it looks like. I can't play it. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, but I think it's a, a phenomenal thing to be able to do. How the, the canoe takes you from beginning to end once you decide, I'm going to make it, how long? It takes two to three months wow. of, of like full-time work. Wow. Depending on how much detail is involved. And the other thing, I guess, is just like a good chef, you've got to have the right ingredients. Yeah. How are you finding the right wood? Well, the great thing about boat building and woodworking in general is that we as a, as a society have been perfecting it for centuries. Right. You know, the, the lines, the design of, of this canoe comes to me through this great teacher, he, this guy in Canada, Ted, who is sort of an Obi-Wan Kenobi of canoe building. Mm -hmm. But he learned everything from, you know, his sort of grandfather, and it's been passed down. And so uh, I call him and say, 
who, you know, in this modern age, I can get wood from anywhere in the world. Uh, boat building utilizes woods like cedar. It, actually, it's interesting. The same woods that make a great top of a guitar are great boat building woods because they're lightweight with a high tensile strength. Mm -hmm. So they're really strong but light, and that makes them vibrate and transmit sound well, but also hold a shape and uh, travel through water well. It's uh, an interesting parallel. So soon you'll be out on the water your own canoe playing your guitar yeah. and that'll be that'll be a, a then you can die i'll be the king of all that i survey um you know joel stein's going to stop in here later and he's written this book about how when he had a son he figured out he never learned a lot of masculine things he and he was kind of freaked out about it what advice would would you give him what advice would you give joel stein well fortunately in this day and age you can literally learn to do anything right. with the internet I mean, if I wanted to go start my own blacksmith shop, I could do it in a short amount of time because you can find all the materials you need. You can find the guidance you need. Um, so I'd say to him, try a bunch of stuff. Figure out what it is you like to do. Even in woodworking, you can do anything from tiny work like turning wooden pens or little mm -hmm. bowls to building huge slab tables, to boats, or post and beam barns. You know, there's a, a myriad of choices. And uh, I don't know, I, I advise people, I try to encourage people in general to start doing things with their hands. I feel like our society is heading, you know, headlong into like an Orwellian universe where we become these weird uh, technology Yeah, it's freaks. all thumbs now. And yeah. one day when the electricity goes down, everybody is going to stop breathing. Everybody's going to call me and say, <laughs> yes. I, I need a boat and I, I need a water wheel to power my generator. I, I tell people to go out to their car or, or their friend's car and uh, change a tire. Mm -hmm. And I always, my dad taught me to do that when I was like eight. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a farm family, but uh, I had the, the great advantage of, of that that I'm so thankful for. I was chopping firewood and, and we built stuff around the family's farm and uh, in landscaping, in the kitchen, there, there's so many places you can use tools and learn to have a tangible effect on the materials around us to make our lives better. No, the weird thing is that people see this in Ron Swanson, and you are like the king of the Internet memes where they'll just come up with these macho things and throw them out there. <laughs> yeah. And it's because I think people realize, hey, I've got a college degree and I've done all this studying, and yet I don't know how to change a light bulb. I don't know what to do. And then they see Ron Swanson and they go, that's masculinity. It's funny. I... I come from this great big farm family in Illinois and I'm I always say to people when they bring up masculinity with me I say please bear in mind I, my family are farmers firemen <laughs> teachers paramedics uh, librarians I'm the sissy in my family <laughs> that ran away to theater school right. and prances about on the stage I I'm literally mince about for a living um, but, you know, and, and there's a lot of the country where the eight-year-old daughter in the family can hammer a nail right. and build a fence. Just in the urban areas, it's where we've lost the ability to, like, fix our own doorknob, you know? Yeah. And that's why I, I encourage people, it's it's so gratifying to just do something like go to the hardware store, get a, get, you know, if you have that wonky doorknob in your house, 
you can replace it. It's so easy these days. You go, all you need is a screwdriver. There's this, <laughs> this strange thing I think people have about failure. And when you're doing that kind of work, you fail all the time and you have to restart, right? It just, you, yeah. I think that you view failure differently than where most people just give up. Absolutely. I mean, it was in my dad's basement wood shop growing up as a kid. I, I distinctly remember him saying to me, no, you just completely fuck that up you right. just my dad wouldn't say that but i would uh and, and he said that's that's how that's how we learn for the rest of your life you want you have to value your mistakes because that's how you learn to do it the right way and in woodworking that the joy of woodworking the reason uh, i'm so obsessed with it is because it's a tangible version of doing something like a crossword puzzle Except the puzzle, yeah. a lot, when you're done with the puzzle, you have a chair. Yeah. You have something beautiful that serves a, a, a purpose. But they say about woodworking masters, and it applies to any part of life, mastery just means that you're much better at hiding your mistakes. Right. And you are right that at the end of it, it there does you want there to be something beautiful. There are places in the city that I'll go into and look because they're Art Deco, old school, and you could... And you'll look at these desks, which are now a fortune, and just think these men sat behind these desks and built the country. You know, they were running things. But the desk lives on. That desk is still there, and it's it's more gorgeous than anything that you could buy today. Well, that's, that's a big part of what drives me is, uh, you know, I was putting together a table for my wife when I was really getting obsessed with woodworking, and it was from a catalog, you know, mm -hmm. as a... Furniture has become so disposable, like so, like cars and shoes and everything right. else. And I was putting together this table, and and you know, being a carpenter and knowing how to build things, I said, "This is garbage. This, this is going to start to wobble, and in two or three years, we're going to set it out on the curb, mm -hmm. hoping somebody will take it away." And I said, "You know, I I can make things that'll last for three hundred years. I can make heirloom pieces, and that." really drove me to learn about fine woodworking because, not, you know, you don't use any screws or nails. Uh, there's a lot of Japanese joinery involved where with age, the joinery actually grows in strength because right. of gravity and the way the wood behaves. And that just uh, just feels so much more charismatic to make a table that you hope these people will give to their grandchildren and, and so and, on. And you will have that memory connected, too, where you'll be like, this is where my grandfather sat, and this is where this happened in our family. And it really becomes this piece that has its own life, has its own sense of uh, history. For people that want to uh, check this out on online, uh, your shop, you kind of videotape and leave everything open. Yeah, the, we we have a a site called OffermanWoodshop.com, mm -hmm. and uh, we, you know, I, I have four or five young woodworkers there now, and it's this really great sort of fecund uh, place where both artists and sculptors and woodworkers can come and make stuff, and we, we, you know, make some things to sell online, but most of what we do is really interesting, like, commission work. And for some reason, uh, maybe because I have a visibility as an actor, we get really great weird requests from all over the country where people are like, can you make my dad a fish-shaped coffin for his dog, you know? And, uh, and, and we love sort of tackling new challenges. We're, uh, I'm really excited. We're building our first commissioned canoe right now. Oh, it's and uh, a couple of the youngsters are learning to do it. And if that's something we can begin to offer, I think that'll be so exciting to, 
to produce boats for people. And also the videos of you working on it is up there. And it's fascinating just to watch. It's fascinating to, to go through uh, piece by piece. Of course, uh, another big uh, season for Parks and Rec, which is about as good as a show that you know you can get on TV. Congratulations for that. I appreciate it. Every Thank Thursday you. night. And this small film, Smashed, uh, is one of the truest things out there. And people that have lived that life look at that already and are like, good, I'm glad that the story's being told. Yeah. You know? Uh, thank you so much for stopping by, Nick. I thank really you. Have. I sure appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you next time through. Okay, buddy? Thanks, Ron. cool is Nick Offerman, man? Nick Offerman's the man. It is so weird, too, that we were just talking about making guitars and shit and and boats uh, yesterday or the day before, and he's like, I'm going to make a guitar, and it's going to be great. That's uh, my next project. I'm going to start with some ukuleles. He was actually just telling me, too, when I was walking him out, that he had run into Kiss, Kiss her in here today. And he had saw him yesterday at Letterman, and Paul Stanley was just like telling him that you know, uh, you know that he likes the show and likes the character. And he said, "I'm just staring at his mouth." And I'm like, "That's the weird thing. That's the 14 year old boy's dream that you're going to suddenly get compliments from some guy in Kiss makeup." Yeah, he was in full. He's in full gear. They're all in yeah. full gear, just walking around here. Well, they ever not in full gear? Don't they uh, go everywhere? Well, Simmons is always out, not in full gear. Um. Yeah, I love that guy. Just everything He's about very, him, and I love his wife. And, she's very funny. <clears throat> well, you know, when she left that other show, uh, I was so. Uh, I mean, when that show had the girl that went on and did Glee. Oh uh, yeah, um, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch. So I'm like, my life is fucking ruined. Jane Lynch, who I love, is gone, and they're bringing in a new person. I don't <laughs> want to see her, and I was. Fell in love with her, man. I just thought she was amazing, and then you know, of course, she was already a big star. But I, there's a lot of like, I just now caught the Two and a Half Men after it was on for years. I never saw the the King of Queens until it came to seven o'clock. Yeah, it's very hard for me to catch. I have always been an NBC Thursday night, and that's it. 
guy? I've watched a lot of Will and Grace. My mom loved it, and she'd watch it because it was on every night from was, 11 to midnight. Was Megan Mullally strong on that show? Yeah, she was like her character. She was like a drunk, like right. a drunk party girl. You know, she was, yeah, she had some fucking good lines. But on have it. you seen her on Party Down? Oh, yeah, I saw her on Party she's Down. So yeah. strong, man. She's great. So, and she's great in Children's Hospital. You uh, had a Twitter for him, right? And, yeah. and he said, I tried it for two weeks and got bored. <laughs> Um, but that was really, uh, that was really cool having him coming in. And I love, seriously love wood making. My father would make, uh, tables and stuff, uh, clocks. And it's just, um, it's just such a beautiful, I was going to say art form, but it's really more, I guess, of a craft thing. But, you know, it, it's a craft that you throw your heart into. Like, sometimes, like, craft has gotten a bad bang on it like somehow it's like potholders or whatever but really craftsmen is what built this country um new york city has amazing things that were done by italian guys in the 1930s they came over here and they were uh able to sculpt and a sculptor wasn't just like an artist but he was like a craftsman who would go in make these certain things and sometimes you can be up in a building 20, 30 floors, look across at the next building, and these faces are sculpted in, or these or these bodies, and no one was supposed to even see them. No, it's really, it's it's weird and really surprising, because it, if you, you miss it every day here in New York. Right. And But once you do, like, catch it, you're like, wait, that shouldn't, technically, I guess it shouldn't be there, because it's just... There's a, a, a thing over on 57th Street... And you used to be able to see him from um, whatever, the K-Rock. I forgot what we call it, but it was where K-Rock was. But if you were in the sales office, you could look across. And these statues that were up in the air, they're like metal statues. They were like 12 or 13 feet high, and it was all different. And it looked scary as shit. That's awesome. So there's a Offerman um, site. It's What is it, Fez? It's, it's uh, OffermanWoodshop.com. OffermanWoodshop.com. And you can see that canoe. The video of it's nuts. Well, you look at that canoe there and you go, that can't be done. But those are all little strips to build that canoe. And he does it one piece at a time. I actually got an email from somebody yesterday whose brother-in-law makes boats. And uh, it's just gorgeous. When you say that canoe is huge. Yeah. I it's believe like, it's two or three months. I mean, yeah. that's... Well, it's like, but it also needs time to mold itself. I mean, once you line those things up like that, then I think you have to let it kind of mold into place. But look how beautiful it is at the, at the end of that. That's awesome. Nick Offerman's the shit. Yeah, he is. But then he's saying, this is learnable, folks. You don't have to just look at it. You could do it yourself. I don't think we're ready to build a canoe, but we could have like a little Ron and Fez wood shop where we just start make some stuff. Let's get some tools. Um, but a lot of it has to go to baby's going to cut off his finger if he does that. You know what I mean? We've gotten into that pussiness. I tell you, I've got two nephews that are basically Chesapeake Bay watermen, and they are like, I don't know what their ages are because I can't tell with kids like six and four, I think. And 
they can skin animals. They can. It's an outdoorsman shit. Yeah, they'll take a boat out crabbing. They have their own hens, and they go get the eggs every morning, and they just love it, man. They love it, and they don't. Um, uh, they don't fucking know that they're not supposed to be doing these <laughs> things. Like their mom just, you know, lets them run, and and their dad, and and they love it. No one's, you know, they fall down, they get hurt all the time, but nobody acts like, don't ever do that again. Oh, my you God. They start crying. They just, they just roll with it. And uh, his dad takes them out, you know, after, you know, deer hunting and shit. Because you can, you can hunt almost constantly now. And it's, you know, because I, I think if you live in Maryland, it's like you can kill 32 deer. You have, you have like a quota that you can just Yeah, and I out? think that you have to give it away. But it used to be like one a season. And now, because the deer is so crazy, you, you can just keep so hunting. Just going to fucking killing spree. Yeah, I, just that you have to do something with it. I forget you're supposed to drop it off at a homeless place or whatever. But they actually butcher their own meat now, Holy and sh- they just uh, they eat fresh food all the time. They just they love it. Um, here's uh, John. John, you're on Running Fez. Hey guys. Ronnie, when you talked about these Italian sculptors, uh, we were fortunate enough in Asheville, North Carolina, in the late 1800s, when Vanderbilt built his house down here, we had some of the most world-renowned Italian sculptors uh, sculpting in granite, marble, wood, every, every, every median to build a house for a man uh, that is now a, a tourist attraction. Right. And, yeah, you do see things every time I go. I see something different that I never was either intended to see or thought I'd ever see. Those guys were seriously some of the most brilliant people uh, at their work. And it's just a shame that it never really got, you know, handed down. And now we're at the point where we're like, um, I don't know how that happens anymore. You know what I mean? At mo- Like, now you would put something, you would immediately put it in a museum rather than on the side of a public building. It's kind of sad. And you see these buildings go up, and they're just straight glass. Yeah. Uh, they're building that building on 57th Street that you showed me the other day, Chris. And it's going to be the tallest building in New York. Tallest building. But it does, It's because it's glass, it doesn't give you that same kind of feeling as if you looked at the Empire State Building. Or as, the Chrysler Building. At the Chrysler Building, which... I can sit and stare at the Chrysler building every single day. Just, oh, it's half, it looks ridiculous. Just phenomenal. And then you go in there, do you ever even, have you ever been in the lobby? I think I've the, been in the Chrysler building lobby before. The uh, elevators are gorgeous. The elevators, you're like, oh, this is the most, that's why I love some of those Art Deco things I was talking to Offerman about, like the desk and shit. Oh, it looks cool They're shit. They're just phenomenal. And now it would be like buying some of those old desks that those guys sat behind would be like buying a house. I mean, it's just really expensive. But if you had the money, you could sit behind that desk and go like, I am a god amongst <laughs> men. This desk proves it. Like a captain of industry. Uh, we're going to get into stuff from the iBank today, but I'll take a few more calls here. Pete, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, talking about wood boats and guitars. I'm a retired musician, and I've been working on wood boats my whole life, and it is the most rewarding thing you can ever do. Uh, you feel like a, an artist sometimes. This summer, I caught a 54-year-old wood boat in half and made a bar out of it, and Labor Day weekend entertained a couple hundred people on my deck. you got to send us some pictures of that, Pete. We'll put Dude, them up. 
Put me on put me on hold and tell them where I can send them. Okay, I'll do that. I, I'm dying to see some of them. And you know what I did every day, Ronnie B? What's that? I listened to the Ron and Fez show all the time, all day, while I was working on my wood boat. That's really unbelievably cool. Yeah, love you guys. All right, you too, man. Yeah, I think um, that those skills are just remarkable. Here's uh, Mike. Mike, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, I'm fine. Up in the part of Nova Scotia where I'm from, my, my mom's family, uh, that side of the family, they always built uh, lobster Cape Islander boats and scallop boats. And uh, I remember every little town along the South Shore when I was a kid, almost every little town was building boats. And uh, this summer when I was down home, me and my old man were over by the shore, and uh, I, um, I saw this one boat, and, uh, and it, it's no longer fishing, but it's still, they use it for recreation. But I said, geez, that's a nice-looking boat. And... Uh, he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, that was one of boys' boats. That was my mom's uncle. And he says, I, I remember when we were over there when they were building that boat. And I was doing the math, and that was like 42 years ago. And that boat, the only difference is I can remember seeing it when it was just bare-ass wood, and the smell of the wood came back, and I remember what that, that day looked like. And looking at that boat today, it was just as beautiful as, as the day it was built. But it amazes me at how much of that used to go on down there, and, and that's kind of a thing of the past. Except for the guys, there's a few guys that still make a really good living restoring schooners and stuff for millionaires. Like, there's a lot of guys out there with, with yachts that are still wood from the 30s. Yeah, and, and, and the great thing about that, I guess, money is no object. And once you have that craft and somebody wants it, you know, they have the money where you're not going to have to sit around and haggle. Um, here's a Mark in Georgia. You're on it, Fez. Hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. The, uh, one of the things I think that, you know, the reason we don't see the craftsmanship like we used to is time. Now, every time you watch something on TV, it's rush, rush, rush. You right. can do this in 30 minutes. We just And the guys back then, there was not technically a time limit on doing this, and that's what it takes to do a lot of this stuff, hand carving and all of that. And now with CNC milling and machining, with wood mail and everything else, you just punch in a, you know, a CAD program, and it it carves it and builds it right in front of you to certain perfect specs where used to, there was, you know, there was an art to it to get it just right. And you could come back and tweak it and everything. And you just, now it's just, everything's done by machine and it's done on a timetable. And yeah. You know, and and the damn hurry. We can't do it anymore. And you don't feel the same way about it though. You know what I mean? You, right. No, you, there's, there's no, there's no love to it anymore. I mean, it truly is just turn it out and move on to the next one. And there's no pride in it anymore. There's a great book called Shop, Shop Class is Soulcraft. And, uh, it's basically how we're not, we don't do anything with our hands anymore. Used to our dads came home. Sure. They, they came in and, uh, the first thing they did, changed clothes, ran outside and started tinkering in the garage or fixing stuff. And now we come in, hop on the couch and sit down with the computer. And we're not passing this stuff on. My fear is we're not going to see these guys that are doing, you know, luthiers and 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 some of the more intricate woodwork and stuff. That's not being passed on anymore, and it, it's it's really sad. It is. It is sad, and it's our own. You know, it's our own fault because as you're looking to save money and get time and blah blah blah, you it it does cost you. You know, you you are paying a uh, price. Uh, Bill in Boston, you're running Fez. Ron, I want to thank you for that great interview first. Um, second, I work with my hands every day, but there is such a joy to sitting down and making something and, and doing a beautiful project. And I'm going to get off my ass and 
get to my dream, and I just want to tell you that I appreciate it. What is it that you really want to do? Uh, I have a, a different idea for um, a hot rod that's modern and old school, and it's a little different than anything I've ever seen before, and it's just, I can't wait to build it. So it's just been something that's just been kind of percolating, and you're like, I'm just going to get going. I have to. You know, I'm going to have kids and get old someday, and I won't have the time. So i got to do it now. <coughs> Good, man. Thank you. Um, I think that was the one of the coolest things that people could learn that Offerman brought up is like, yeah, you are going to make uh, mistakes, and you are going to you know break saws or whatever. Just that's it. It's that's part happen. of it. Stop fucking acting like you need to start crying, you know, or, oh, I can't do anything. I'm the worst at this. It's too hard for me. I'm going to stop doing it now. J.D., you're on the Run of Fest show. Hello? Is this me? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, woodworking, I discovered about 10 years ago, and it completely changed my life. I had, throughout the 90s, on pretty much a national level, been involved in the drug dealing scene and the whole rave scene and was so burnt out from that. Went back to school, went for visual communications, and got into graphic design and everything, and slowly, somehow, <clears throat> got into woodworking. And it actually made a pretty good living at it, but I only do uh, solid wood, handcrafted stuff, uh, a lot of recycled wood, a lot of uh, solid walnut, that kind of thing. And it's just rewarding. It's just changed my well, life. Had you done any of that kind of stuff before you decided to turn your life around? No. I, um, Like I said, I go to school for visual communications and i was a designer so i you know had an artistic background you got a good hand on you yeah so and my mother was a professional artist and so i kind of came from that background but <coughs> i absolutely when i found wood it was just it was a passion i mean it was instantly from the get-go and now i go um all over to different schools i take you know different classes i've gotten to know that whole community but um there's nothing like taking a raw log processing it out, and turning it into a beautiful dining room table. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for uh, calling us. This fucking sounds great. Um, well, you <laughs> you look at some of the stuff up on Offerman's stuff. Some of this wood just seems to be really like found pieces, like some of those redwoods and stuff that he makes end tables out of. Move on to the end tables. Those just big chunks. And it's almost like uh, uh, the end tables. Uh like, you just have to recognize what is showing up in front of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, instead of trying to just shape it into something else, kind of let it be itself. And there's these just giant redwood chunks in there. Under slabs. Chunk under slabs. Uh, let's go over here to Dominic in Colorado. You're on Fez. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Uh, love the show. Thanks. Just wanted to let you know, I actually work out in a wood shop here in uh, Breckenridge, and we listen to your show every day. Oh, but, thanks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, we use a lot of the fallen trees around here, whether it's aspen or beetle kill, which is killing all the trees and turning into awesome tables, lamps, beds, you name it. And uh, it's a beautiful job. We really like it, even though, you know, we don't make the money that some of the other glamorous jobs do around here. Well, you say that you find this in fallen trees. Who lets you, you come over and pick that up from the government? Who lets you get this wood? Well, actually, a lot of the wood is falling down. Um, there's this, there's this uh, beetle that is killing all the trees in this area. And to prevent, like, a fire hazard, they 
the government does go in, and there's also private companies, and they go in, clear all the trees out, we take them, and then we build this log furniture out of it. And uh, we're at highcountryfurniture.com. What is it, highcountryfurniture.com? That's it. That's really, really cool, man. Thanks uh, for calling yeah, us. Yeah, you know, we really like it, and I uh, love the show, so thanks for having me on. All right, talk to you later, man. Have a good one. All right, let's uh, check out a little bit of highfurniturecountry.com. But it just seems to me that that thing of being able to just go in the shop every day, there's so many guys that would much rather do that than what we end up doing for a living, you know? Going to a cubicle and just get screamed out by some <laughs> asshole telling you that your sales are low or whatever. <coughs> All right, we're looking at some of his pieces now. That's really nice. That's good work. That's highcountryfurniture.com. There's bunk beds there? Yep. Uh, look who it is. It's Hard Rock Johnny. Johnny. Hello, boys. Yeah. Ronnie, you were talking about the Art Student League that used to be across the street from the old NEW studios. It used to, it's, uh, was right across the way, next door to the old Hard Rock, and it's it's a like down here in Times Square. It's really cool if you walk around and look at the old theaters that are down here. Oh yeah, and like the right across the street on Forty Third is the it's like the Hilton Theater, and you look up and you don't even like the average per, unless you look up, you're not going to see because it's like three stories high, and just around all the windows, this amazing etching in the marble, right. and like faces and like little just cool shit that you would like. You don't know it's there unless you kind of you got to take a real good look around, especially in New York. I mean, there's so many old buildings, and it's kind of something that gets forgotten when you're, you know, all the new buildings and all the steel and the glass and the bright lights. There's so many cool little pieces that you can just see when you look around. It's really, really trippy and cool sometimes to look at. Those uh, and those, those that was all immigrant workers. You know that that was like one of the great things about being in America, where we could offer these people who would studied in Italy and say, you know, hey, uh, you can come over and have a life here. And all those guys, I mean, they built this city and then raised their kids and then, you know, you don't have a better life than me. You're going to go to college. And they were all proud. Now, but it's weird that that line kind of stopped with them in America. I wonder... If they would have stayed in Italy, would they still be doing it? You know, yeah. would it stay as a family business? Probably would. And, and you know, we, I went last year over to the Cloisters, and they had uh, the museum had some amazing, like the woodwork. It was when they had these chess sets, and I'm like, what am I going to do looking at? It? And you start looking at these things, and they're these like tiny little intricate hand carved chess sets that are hundreds of years old. And just to think about like how long it would take you to build something like that and the care that you have to take to do it. That, I don't think people have that kind of, uh, I mean, there's some people out there obviously that do still, but like the care, the time and the patience to want to sit there and even do that kind of thing. It's, it's amazing. Well, I wonder if some of it has to do with the appreciation gets lost on people who live in a kind of an IKEA world. You know what I mean? Where like, Absolutely. Like we just were like, hey, I just want a fucking bed. I don't need all this rigmarole. I need end table, yeah. like an Allen wrench, and they have it. It's cheap, and it's there. <laughs> and it's, it's done. Yeah. All right, thanks, Johnny. All right, boys. Uh, yep. We'll take a couple more calls, then we need to break. Uh, 
Rob Cross and I are kind of mad at Chris. We're like, this show needs to break more. You right. get all their breaks in. And I said to Rob, I go, I want to break once an hour. You know? Yeah. And he goes, well, why aren't you? I go, ask Chris. He's like, stretch, stretch. Hey, listen. I can jam all the spots into the end of the show. Look, I get all our spots in. We, we're on no, a roll. No, we do, but I'm seeing it a different way, and Rob agrees with me. Um, I'm like... Sometimes Chris gets into his head that this is fine, and he just keeps going. Um, uh, so I'm going to take one more call, and then we're going to break. Here's uh, Phil. Phil, you're on my fist. Yeah, um, on the eastern shore, guys, when they're going to work on the water, still a lot of times, watermen will build their own boat and then turn around and start commercial fishing on it. And uh, same thing down in North Carolina on the Outer Banks. Uh, there's still guys out there who make a boat from scratch and then work the thing. What kind of job is there for a waterman on the eastern shore, though? Is it still? Can you oh, still make a good living? You, you, you. If you do it seriously and you're going to work hard, you'll barely survive. But a lot of those guys, they'll never give it up. They oyster, they crab, they gillnet, they do everything. They take charters, and uh, but it ain't. It, it's certainly not glamorous, but it's good work. And there's, a, I'm sure, there's a certain freedom that comes with that type of work. It's really sad because um, I have these old movies that were, you know, before I was born of the watermen down there. My my father took them. He went out with an uncle of mine. And the amount of fish that they used to bring into these boats out of the Chesapeake Bay is just phenomenal. And now huge parts of that bay are dead. It's they the East River. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not so much that even polluted. It had stuff with either overfished or... You know, stopping water in certain places fucks it up later on down there. Um, there's a, a film coming out that'll show some of the dangers of that. It's kind of like a, a horror movie that Barry Levinston has done. But the watermen, the Chesapeake Bay watermen, I used to think they wouldn't even be called fishermen because they didn't just fish. They'd fish in one season, clam in another season. Oh. Oyster in another season. They never stopped. And they're, yeah, they just would be working the water and all those different skills that went into that. All right, thanks uh, for calling, Phil. All right, I'm going to take one more and then we're going to go. Dave in Long Island. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, I'm actually building a car and I've dragged this old thing out of a field. And for two years, I was afraid of the thing. I was overwhelmed by it just completely. But you start taking it apart bit by bit, screw by screw, and it's not that hard. If you break it down to little bits like that, you just got to learn a little bit. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons it freaks us out is that we really do expect things to be done um, fast. And here's a guy like Offerman does have real skills, and he's even saying it's going to take three months. It's taking five years. I'm only hard. Done. Uh, but you're enjoying the work, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you get frustrated, you throw tools, you curse, you get cut. But when you actually accomplish one little bit, like putting a, a brake on or putting the rear end in the car, it's really satisfying. All right, thanks, buddy. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, it was great having Offerman on here. I want to get back and talk about we're the one-year uh, anniversary of the uh, Interabang, which in some ways seems incredibly fast, doesn't it? It feels really fast. It doesn't yeah. feel like a year. Uh, and I want to get back <laughs> and talk about some of the stuff that we've got up there and had up there over the past years and some of the cool people to thank. But it was one of those things that, you know, we had it in the back of our mind that we wanted to do this. And the next thing you know, we just started doing it. And now it feels like we've always done it, you know, in a lot of ways. 
It's always been there. Because it was like our, our show prep and for where it goes. And Fez, I just want to say this. Yesterday, I see that you're having like a quiet day today. Yeah. Uh, yesterday when we went out for burgers, you were like Fez again. And then we got back here and you're locked today. Yeah, locked up. Sorry about that. How can, Do you remember being like in a great mood and being yourself up at the burger joint? Yeah, and I remember like, and, and just devouring that food, too, on top of everything else. Yes, you did. You ate good food. The appetite mm. was back. But uh, you don't normally have an appetite? No. Oh, Fez. Why? Nerves? Yeah, it just, uh, my, side, my stomach just doesn't get too hungry. Let's start drinking again. That'll make you hungry. Well, you were yourself yesterday. Yeah, I, re- I yeah, and I remember it. And I'm like, just try to. I'm like, don't say anything to anybody about it and jinx it or anything like that. Then, and then I jinxed I, it. Then I went. No, I did it myself by thinking about it this morning. What were you thinking about? I'm like, just go in there like we're having uh, lunch yesterday. It's a, just you know, pretend you're at the booth. You know, and it's then I got all caught up in my own head about it. Did something happen to you other than that, or no? Just running around this morning, not much sleep. All right, well, you got to get your sleep, dude. Tell you time and time again, get your sleep. Sleep's important. I, on the other hand, that sounded like Eeyore said it. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you know this cough is important. This cough is going away. I think it's getting worse. The cough is going away. I think it's getting worse. I don't. It isn't going away. Oh, oh it isn't going yeah. away. I think it's less frequent, but it's a worse cough. I don't. Maybe I don't. Maybe you're dying. All right, we're going to break here. Uh, when we come back. Uh, we're going to lay on some stuff on you about the one year anniversary of the entire bank. I want to thank all the people who called in during that too. I find that stuff fascinating. It was so cool to have Offerman come by, and uh, we'll break and be right back. It's the Renefest Show. It's actually only three syllables. Ron and Fez. More Ron and Fez coming up. Fitzgerald Bank, I got your filter excellence. In Terrabang, we'll shine your fucking shoes. I don't suppose you'd be opposed to joy and woe, the friend and foes, the carnival, the rock, the roll, and news. And news. The Interra Bank has got the filtered excellence. The excellence. Interra Bank will shine your fucking show. Shine I don't suppose you'd be opposed to joy and woes, a friend and foes, a carnival of rock and roll and news. And news. The Thank you, Sleeves, oh, as always. The Interrobang one-year uh, anniversary uh, this week. And I just want to say thanks to so many people who helped us uh, get that going. It's been very, very amazing to have that. The initial idea was the fact of, you know, we looked over at a couple of famous websites and, you know, Places like HuffPo and all those type of sites. And we're going, wow, our show prep kind of looks like that. What if we just put our show prep on the on the Internet 
and let people, you know, comment it. We already have funny callers and stuff. Maybe people would uh, be part of that. Uh, in the last year, uh, we've done over 6,000 posts what? in a year. 6,000 posts <laughs> really? that we've put up with over 300,000 comments. So in the wow. past year, 300,000 uh, comments. That's nuts. Uh, and by the way, I got these numbers sent to us from our friend John from Shout It Out Media because what we said on the air was uh, we want somebody who can you know take our stuff and kind of format it and put it up there. And I think that's about the only real direction that we gave him. <laughs> so if you have a website in the back of your mind or something that you want to do, uh, shout it out media. I, I couldn't say en- enough uh, good things uh, about John and the fact that we've had the updated servers, I think, three or four times. Because people are going... Oh, you know, you announced this one thing. We all went there, and it got slammed, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'm going to give you these other numbers that will make a little more sense to you why that happens. Uh, In the past year, uh, we've got approximately 20 million page views, or hits as we used to call them in the (coughs) early days. And here's a number that completely... Uh, weirds me out. Uh, for unique visitors, one point three two million. So oh one and a one and a third yeah. million listeners, uh, visitors. And obviously, the the weird thing about this with the Interabang is that's just not people who listen to the show, but things get up and get posted on other websites, yeah. and then those people come over. And they're either there for either just one day or, you know, maybe they come back. But uh, we did not expect to put something up in this past year that had 1.32 million uh, unique visitors. So thank you so much for that. And the 20 million hits uh, in the past year. And it has been really fun for people to send us stuff. And do stuff with us. And as always, we got to thank people. I already said uh, big, big uh, ups to John from uh, Shouted Out Media. But uh, other people, Earl Douglas is always looking for stuff and throwing his photography and reviews of different albums and stuff up all the time. Um, Kyle probably sends us more news stories than anybody else. Foggy Otis has become our friend and uh, big, big contributor this past year. Um, Kristen has been amazing. Thank you so much. Mikey Boy, the original saint of the internet, is always up for contributing stuff. Kathleen from the Bronx is there on a weekly basis. Uh, And again, nothing has happened on this channel um, for years, at least since I came to SiriusXM, that you don't have to say thank you to Happy Typing Girl for some of the stuff that she's done, Uh, not just uh, helping us out by being a contributor here, but all the stuff that she's done to 
saved this channel over the years. We sometimes forget about that, but this is just more of that kind of stuff. Um, Jerry Barca has uh, contributed stuff and is our buddy now. Um, Reddy Doll, Reddy Rog is on the scene. Ken, thank you so much. Holly from Seattle. Leslie, Doom, Cal 5000, Aiden, Chris, Matt. These guys go above and beyond to send stuff to help us out, spread the word. It's really, really great. A big part of what us being able to get Nick Offerman in here even today is because some of this, the, the word that got out through different people that he's worked with. This was, uh, I was just talking with our booking department, the first time he's ever done radio. To come in, he's like that. Radio is really, radio is really fun. You get to talk about woodworking, um, but that's really great. I want to thank so many of the just. There's just dozens and dozens and dozens of more people who sent us link and spread the word, and be great first responders and being all part of that uh, is great. And then there's people like Shreka and Furtherman and uh, Chip. Susan, Liz Sets Fire, of course, has always been the funniest person out there. Eric, Brett, Omar, uh, uh, Trick Roy, Ken, G-Baby, uh, John Franzen, Matt Rollins, Binary Dallas, who I wish everybody could write as good as him, uh, Catherine. Just so many really great people that instead of... You know, just doing the gossip stuff or just getting this kind of weird community up of people writing jokes. Uh, Cigars and Scotch always, always writes funny stuff. He's all over it. A lot of times you go like this. Well, um, that's um, that's uncalled for. But then you'll laugh after. Uh, great, great people. And we wanted to go over some of the stuff, and I'll let uh, Chris and Fez get into this, but... Chris, uh, The Five has been one of the most hit places on the website, right up at the top there. And uh, you wanted to put together five of your favorite fives. Yeah, this is The Five on The Fives. (coughs) Then he coughs. It's a cough. It's getting bit. Uh, Live from Daryl's House, a show that blew up just on the internet. Mm -hmm. And then then a five was put together of it. Good together of it, and it's because it had to because of all the great. Well, we we put together five of our favorite of those episodes, but then uh, again, tying in with stuff like that, uh, we sent it over to Daryl's Hall's people, and then he stopped by here, which was one of my all-time great Philly moments. <laughs> it was cool as shit when he came in here. Um, yeah, and that's the kind of stuff. What else you got for us? What are your other favorite fives? Uh, the five, directors with the best mixtape. That is something that we end up debating pretty constantly <laughs> in our lives with the original watchers, the way we always <laughs> like doing it, with the original three, and well, that there's other two guys. Roy Harder and Sean O. I don't think they watch that much. Not as much as the original watchers. Well, the, the five of the director's mixtape is one of my favorites all time. I love it. So would you decide who's your all-time favorites on there? Who, who do we got? Wes Anderson? Wes Anderson, Scorsese, Tarantino, Cameron Crowe, Paul Thomas Anderson. 
If you were to buy their soundtracks, you would have a really great iPod right off the bat. You'd be the shit. It's You'd the actually I be like, I don't know. By the way, are there still such things as iPods? Because uh, I keep mine. I don't like to listen to music on my phone. I don't want to fucking want all the juice. They still sell them, but most people are just got their fucking iPhones, and then they just listen to everything through their iPhone through their phone. I have the other kind. No, I'm not. I don't know why I didn't iPhone it. No. What am I? What's mine? A droid? Look, we're we're droid buddies. All right. If we tap, I can listen to all your music. Isn't that it? <laughs> Let's rub When are we going to be able to tap? <laughs> Come on. It's gay. <laughs> it's very... It seems very like it's gay true. to tap. What do you think, Fuzz? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you're giving... A, if it's two guys, you're giving a mixtape, basically, to so another sh- guy. Yeah, so they should be hunted down and... and by the Romney police and sought out and beaten. Yeah, beaten down. No, they for... should be allowed to legally tap in every state. Ooh. Hey, dude, want to rub my f- back of my phone against yours? You know what? By the way, why we're giving out thanks. I don't know how come we didn't thank our kids. Pips, every single day, is getting stuff. And, of course, our little babies. Dana um, Coke. Dana, who... A little ego just blew out of proportion yesterday. It, 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 it's it's fucking real jump. And Coke, who's like this, is that really kiss? And then I go like, yup, and that's really a Ramon passing you. And he goes like this. <laughs> that's that fucking um, joke that was stolen from Iraq today from Rob Cross. Perfect. He tells a joke to me on the way in. He said, where we work, Rob says to me, as I'm walking down the hall with him, he goes, where we work is just like ESPN commercials, where you'll all of a sudden see A-Rod doing stuff. And I'm like, that's so funny. I go, I'm going to steal that. But then I went on the Sam I Am show today, and I said, hey, Rob Cross just said something really funny to me. And I said it, and all their faces turn white, and they go, E-Rock just said that, and he said it on the air. And that's where... Rob got it from. What a lifter. Yeah. I hate to hear those kind of things. He got fucking exposed. Let's go through the fives. Third. Moms can be supermodels too. The hottest supermodel moms. I remember when this one up, bucket server juice was getting drained. Yeah, um, yeah that actually was a great one. And can I also say this? Just... um. Super, super thanks to somebody who I thought has always been great to the show and then rolled with our two stupid interns. And that's the queen, Queen Elizabeth. She's she's fucking, she's a contributor. She's more. I mean, she's just there on a constant basis. It's always really, really nice. It's nice that that they, you know, apologize to her. Yeah, but I don't like your interns, and I don't like their attitude. And I thought she took it way... I thought she took the high road while you and your shitty interns once again took the lowest road possible. They felt attacked, and they reacted. Something I tend to do where, you know, just go off the handle. Let's get back into your fives. Your fives seem like they keep... um, you know, tanking forever. <laughs> well, it's five fives. Yeah. The next five, America's National Parks. Oh, I love it. This was just a beautiful five. By the way, I saw this thing on Charlie Rose today, the Charlie Rose Morning Show. There are people buying fucking property inside the national parks and putting houses there. Well, people are freaking out about it. Yeah, that's 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 the not government what for. hadn't bought all the. Of fucking stuff. Oh, shit. So there was some private land, 
and some people are now just putting some houses in the middle, and we need something like $160 million to buy up the rest of it. And Congress is like, you know, we just got too many other things. That's gone. That, that land is gone. Some dude, some ball is going to buy it up, and that's it. And it's just Put it. a McDonald's in there. It's yeah. such a crazy loophole to miss. It's not a loophole. It's just that they didn't buy it. They didn't have the money for all the things at the same time. And, the, I mean, there's just pieces on, on all the parks that, for whatever reason, belong to certain people who didn't sell at the time, but they were, you know, leaving it to be done. And now there's a couple of homes in there. It's really weird. How are these people getting in and out of their homes of a national park? There's no roads. Yes, there is. Are there all there are? Yeah, there's roads in it's, national it's, parks. I thought it was just all park. It's yes. trails. You ever been to a park before where you have a road? Yeah, Central. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and my last five mm-hmm. of the five fives. Children's books that continue to inspire you. Um, that one was kind of great because I remember so many people called in like fucking big dude just going, here's a book that just killed me when I was a kid. <laughs> and then it was really interesting on the last Louis this year that he did that piece on Ping. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was fucking... It was really adorable. Great. Yeah. Um, he loves ducks or at least his daughter does. So. That's a really good point. Uh, the duck <laughs> thing seems to play its way back in it. Uh, by the way, up on the Interrobang today is uh, the Cal Burnett interview and uh that has been um one of my favorite things that the folks that'll transcribe these and put them up on the interrobang have been phenomenal and in so many of the places that we've been picked up again i'm not going to say these numbers again but we never expected 20 million hits ever fucking awesome and over a million unique visitors we never expected that and quite frankly, here's the interesting thing. We decided in the first year we'll just work on content and not try to build up a big Twitter or a Facebook or I, I don't know how many other ways that you're supposed to market online or try to get the other sites Tumblr. to partner up on you. We said, let's just work on our content and let that speak for itself. And now we just get contacted all the time from people going, let's hook up our sites together or let's, you know, let us do the marketing for you. And we're still like, well, we just want to slow it down. We just want to work on doing this thing and having fun with it more than anything else. Um, But that's very, very cool. Uh, And, of course, there's some things that we wanted to give out of uh, take us on a... Um, little kind of a memory of the past year. And Fez, you got some of those. Uh, yep. So some of the favorite personalities, things that popped up on the Interrobang through the past year. Uh, the Oh Shit, I Lost My Bathing Suit Award goes to Katy Perry. And that was actually my very favorite thing. Of the whole year, because <laughs> we talked about the fact that Katy Perry could have made a fortune posing nude, but that picture of her big ass out at a water park, I personally find better than if she would have done any nude modeling. Because nude modeling would have been photoshopped to hell. Uh, I remember. I remember the morning I came. I came we came in and yeah. I saw that live on the air for the first time. I was like, "What the? I you lost did my not shit." That was- <laughs> your, your initial thing was it's photoshopped, and then remember you were part of a conspiracy 
theory that she did want it. And I'm like, there's mm-hmm. no way her and her people wanted that to happen because that's worth millions of dollars to her. Eight figures, easily, for to get a Katy Perry nude. And we've got the pictures up there if you go to the box up on the Interrobang. But what a white, white ass she's sporting. Oh, very pale. She is a it's pale fantastic, girl. though. It's a great shot. That photographer is the man. That creepy, weird photographer <laughs> at the water park is the man. All right, hold on. What's the name of this award, Fez? This was the... Um, let me go right back to it. Uh, oh, shit, I lost my bathing suit award. Well, here's the thing. Are we going to be able to give that award out a second year? That's what <laughs> I worry about. I mean, it's a great so award <laughs> for the first year. I think it'll happen. But uh, I don't know if that's not... That could be the end of it. We got a hope here. I think that's the key. All right, people were emailing me. Hey, how do I get to be one of the contributors? Everybody can contribute. All you got to do is send your stuff into the Interbank. We we have, have had listeners do fives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had people who write for other websites send us lists. Anybody who wants to be part of this is more than welcome to just send it to the editor at the Interbank. Somebody else said. I really want to take a meeting with you. Again, editor at the Interbank. I don't take meetings with anyone. You already heard from when I went on the Sam show today what Sam and, and Danny said. We're always intimidating about you. That's because I don't take meetings with people. I don't schedule any. I don't like to be in a meeting. And I don't like to really pal around. I like to do an interview with you and then have you leave. Bye. Let me tell you, I like, I've decided I've liked your work. Now it's time for you to leave. That's a lot better than palling around, in my opinion. Um, let's. Uh, what else do you have? Uh, next up, the biggest embarrassment to your family award. That goes to the great one's daughter, Paulina Gretzky. Uh, I like Paulina, and I don't do we. I don't know if the family's embarrassed. She's had a great year, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, she's blown the fuck up. One mistake she's made. What's that? Let anybody hear her talk. Because (laughs) the pictures are... I don't know what it is about seeing still pictures, but you can put any personality... You build your fantasy. Yeah, around that. That's why um, Tom Brady's wife... Don't start talking. Well, it was great when after the Super Bowl when they caught her fucking screaming back. Right. You cannot throw the ball and catch the ball at the same time. What the fuck? <laughs> and that's not the way. You know, when you would see... What's her name again? Uh, Giselle Bunchen. Giselle. Uh, you know, you put your own kind of thing to that. And you don't see her as kind of acting like a Jewish mom. Well, Wayne Gretzky was, was going to tell her to stop the Twitter account. He was going to shut it down. We... That gets out, but we don't know that for a fact. That's rumor stuff. It's not like Wayne Gretzky ever called this up and said, look, I'm going to have my daughter stop the Twitter account, because apparently it never has. And as a matter of fact, it's picked up a lot since then. Paulina has a lot of fucking great things to say. And she uh, apparently hasn't turned this into a movie or even modeling career yet, right? Nope. It's just her own stuff. She just likes partying with her friends and you know spending her dad's money. Well, we thought she was going to be the new Paris Hilton, you know, for a time, yeah, because like she blew up really quickly and she's you know kind of like basically the dumb blonde. That would actually be a better uh, a thing of who's this year's Paris Hilton. You know, who I think it's going to be next year. Who's that? Who's it? Little Dana. She could hit a bit. It is going to her head very quickly. Sex tape? 
And when she's like, I'm back, motherfuckers, we're like, easy. Easy. Oh, my fans are asking to come on again. I know. I, one thing I do like about Coke, he doesn't talk about his fans. <laughs> All these guys trying to fuck me on Facebook is great. It's the it's, best. Is that? It's nothing like her voice. Her voice <laughs> yes, is, it like, is too deep. Go Rangers. Where's my brother? She actually talks more like this. I'll tell you something, and I'm very serious about this. I was an RA. I'm an RA. Busted some kids. 20 years old from Jersey. My mom makes gravy once a year, and my dad's in a chair. Right, a lot of people are emailing about wanting to help. Just send the letter to the editor at the Interbank. Editor at the Interbank.com. Dot com. Thank you. I, I, I forgot people haven't heard of the term dot com. And we have to www.http slash slash then www. The next we got it perfectly now. The next award is the Great White Slide Award. Oh, that was a a term that we invented. I'm very, very proud of it. And it's just the fact that over my lifetime, I've seen white people (laughs) just stop trying. And thanks to the internet, we can just see the well, fucking real crazy shit. The beauty of it is, when I was younger, we were called racist for at- laughing at minorities acting that this way. But now we are doing it ourselves. Yep. And who won the award fest? This was actually a tie on this one. Whoa, Whoa they damn. both have to stand on stage at the same time. Which could lead to a fight. Oh, easily. Uh, what are the winners? Neighbors fighting. Uh, that was over the fence that was being built between uh, trailers. Well, let's watch a little bit of them. Yeah, this is like somewhere in the middle of the country. You think you got something on me? You know what? How you doing, motherfucker? I like you too, man. What are you going to do? My lawyer's already got it. On you. Whisker Bill has lost his shit, man. <laughs> Guess what? I'm American. You're not. Okay. I'm Arabian. I'm, a, I'm Arabian. You're a fucking child molester. Okay. You all are child molesters. What the fuck? I'm in my yard, minding my business, and then we're playing, fixing my fence up. Yeah, the fence looks great. Shit! The chain link. You're all pieces of shit. Yeah! Put that in the courtroom, bitch! You're a fucking Jeffrey. You know how bad I want you? I want to fuck you in the ass. All right. That's enough. That's enough. And this guy only tied for the great white slide? Uh, who else we got in there? Uh, there was a tie with dumb white guy with dog. He basically shoots fireworks out of his pants while the dog is running around chasing him. He's well, he's tied the fireworks to his penis. And then the dog is trying to... Jump on him as he's making the hey look! I shoot sparklies out of my deck, everybody. And the dog is loving it. Do a flip. Do a flip, his friends. Just flying fucking ball rockets out of his cock. I. This is just another example of how many people thought the jackass is something that could lead to a career for them. Holy shit, man! I could do that. 
He's just pounding the Bud Light. Ugh. He can't even think to himself to put a Bud Light down. <laughs> oh, this video's awesome. Sparkler dick, everybody. Check it out, man. Get the Sparkler dick. Get the flip cam. I got an idea. Uh, all these are up on the iBank <laughs> if you want to spend the next year uh, going back over them all. Because some of these people, they seem like old friends, don't they? You know? <laughs> they really do. It's like I hadn't seen Sparkler Kid in a while. Well, it's like, oh, I loved what I saw him the last time. Whisker Bill at the fence post. I forgot <laughs> completely. I'll fuck you in the ass, you child molester. I got my caller. I got my lawyer. He's going to get you in court. Yeah, it's like Hatfields only- and McCoys if they decided to lawyer up. The only lawyer this guy's ever seen in his life is a fucking public defender. He doesn't have a <laughs> lawyer he can call. Next award coming up is the best in... And by the way, just so you know, the Hatfields and McCoys had lawyered up. We learned that when we watched that thing, This most of the stuff was legal work. And they were in court constantly. I that had was no that, idea. You didn't watch the miniseries? No. Yeah, I didn't. It was fascinating how many times have I brought my attorney over here. <laughs> Where'd that guy go to school? Yeah, I know. What the fuck? How many goddamn lawyers could there have been back then? I don't. I think maybe you could just say I'm an attorney or a dentist. You didn't have to go around and do too much about yeah, it. It makes sense. The next award is the Best Instructional Video Award, and that goes to home bartender Hennessy Youngman. Oh, this is Philly stuff. <laughs> uh, this is North Philly, which we all love. What's up, Internet? This your boy, Hennessy Youngman. Now, today, Internet, I want to share with y'all um, a drink I made. It's called Sun Over North Philly, and it's a really simple drink that anybody can make. You don't got to be Tom Cruise and cocktail. You can do it <laughs> at your own leisure. And it's basically just two ingredients. You take your favorite brown liquor. For me, you know, it's, it's whiskey, it's bourbon, you know what I'm saying? So, you know... You know, just pour some of this, like, right in here, like so. Oh, you pour it into a glass. No, into his measuring cup. So that's, a, that's, a modest, that's a modest amount. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's he wearing on his head? So just, you know, a a beanie that's too small right for him. Right like so, into the drink. And, you know, let's taste that. Let's taste that. Let's see how that go down. Oh, oh, oh. Oh man, I want one of those mm. right now. Mm. It's just real good. Um, so yeah, there it is. Sun over North Philly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know, um, it don't necessarily got to be called Sun over North Philly. It could be, you know, anywhere where brown people <laughs> congregate and there ain't no white people there. Like it could be, you know, Sun over Harlem, circa 1990. Um, Circuit. It could be uh, sun over the south side, or this is nothing but a waste of time. He is just anything that he. There's nothing he has explained yet that needed to be explained. All right, so that's uh, great. What award did he win, Fez? That was the best instructional video of the year. Well, it's tough to have a better one than that. Going to Hennessy Youngman. I'm going to make a son over North Astoria tonight. So, circa 1987, if you would like us to take you back a little bit to the time of hair bands. Ah, thanks, Hennessy. I didn't think of that. 
And you just pour some sun-kissed soda into it. One part bourbon, a modest amount. A modest amount of bourbon. <laughs> Next up is the Kids That Are Better Than You Award. And plenty of great kids on the Interrobang in the past year. The winner... By the way, I just want to point out that it looks like Dana is now tweeting that the reason why... Uh, Coke doesn't talk about his fans is because he doesn't have any. Oh, oh it, sad. Yesterday, it all went to her head. It's... She went from our cute, humble, hardworking intern mm-hmm. to a diva. Bizarre. It's like one day, she's getting shit on for not knowing who George Washington is. <laughs> the next day, well, she's still getting shit on for that. But then she stopped caring, and it's like, all oh, my fans are want me. All my fans love me. And then she is right. Coke has no fans. <laughs> She is right about that. You can't take that away. Anyway, what were you saying, Fez? The next award was the Kids That Are Better Than You Award, and that went to Kane's Arcade. The little kid. Love this kid. He's awesome. He made his oh, his whole homemade arcade. <coughs> Out of shitty cardboard. And what was really great about it is, that, first of all, this kid is like this little Tim Burton weirdo. But the fact that it got put on the internet and then a bunch of people wanted to show up and play his arcade and have fun, it was just, it's it's one of the sweetest sweetest little films. This is actually was a uh, short film that we found, and uh, it's just done so well. And this kid is just mind blowingly sweet. And look at his little things he made up himself. That's nice. Good work, little kid. Nice work, little kid. I never would have thought to have done that. <coughs> Me neither. I like watching TV and <laughs> waiting till my dad uh, nodded off so I could smoke his palm moss. And then I'd go like this. Now I'm the dad. <laughs> you have the cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, there was some runner-ups there, and the links are all there on the iBag. Well, we should have went to the runner-ups first. Who are the runner-ups? Let's do this like it's an award show. The autistic uh, little boy, the six-year-old autistic boy who plays Piano Man. Make you wish you were autistic sometimes. Would you see how good they can do stuff? I could never learn to do that. Fucking with my. You could se- if I autistic your brain. Yeah, my semi-functioning brain now is can't handle that. This kid's killing it. That was my autistic kid. I just sit him in a corner like he was a player piano. <laughs> Here's some sheet music. All right, now that we've buried the lead, who else? Uh, also in there was the three-year-old golfer who just drives golf balls like a pro. It's looking happy Gilmore. This kid really does crush it. He's got a great swing. Just slings them up one after another. All these are up on the Interrobang right now if you'd like to go check them out. What else we got, Fez? Uh, other contenders there were uh, the infant that's doing chin-ups 
to try to watch a video off of a desk. I thought this one was a little mean because they put the video up high <laughs> because they know he could pull himself up. All right, let's let Chris Stanley take over. What do you got, Chris? All right, this is the Animal Lover Award for a favorite of mine when the dolphin attempted to rape a woman. I would have put that up either the Animal Lover Award or Best Underwater Rape of <laughs> this year. People love this video because I think the woman seems to be A-OK with it. She's totally fine and is almost egging that dolphin on. And the dolphin gets a treat after it tries to get its nut off. Now, is she fine or she doesn't understand? She thinks maybe the dolphin's being fun. And then I wonder if she went home and was like, tell me the truth. Do I look like a fucking dolphin to you? Because she is kind of got that shiny skin. She had to have felt that dolphin's hard dolphin cock. I'm just uh, sad that Cookie 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 didn't make. I think Cookie 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 should have been a finalist. When Fez raped our, our ears for three hours, and then the thing still didn't talk. No. That's... Fez is not alive. That actually looks like it's shot on film and not on video, too, to me. It Maybe because it's quiet right now. We don't have the sound up. But I think I like it sometimes better like that. Like, what are they saying? What is a, 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 a sound that a, a dolphin makes when it's fucking? Is she crying? Yeah, she's crying because of such great sex. <laughs> All right, what else you got, Chris? Next, uh, over the year, we've had a lot of cop videos up. And now, these aren't just the winners we're doing, right? We're doing the runner-ups. This is runner-ups coming up right now okay. for, the, for this for the, the Bad Boy Award for Worst Behaving Police Officers of the Year. Wow, there's there was so many of these, particularly at the start of the... I bang. It seems like it's slowed down <laughs> as they've caught on to the citizen journalist thing. Yeah. But you, in particular, have an eye to find these. This is an area of expertise on my part. Sure. Uh, one runner-up. It's somewhat more recent. Is that the uh, the Empire the Empire State Building shooting when the cops lit that dude up? Well, that one was fun because not only did they shut. Shoot the guy, but just about everybody else on the street at the bunch time. Bunch of fucking bystanders, and that you know everyone walking down that street was a tourist. You even see the double decker tourist bus come up next to him as they're just watching New York cops shoot. And the immediate thing that was really great is Bloomberg called them hero cops. Yeah. And then three hours later, when he got details, no longer was. You know what I mean? He was so pissed. Because you know that the, that it's going to cost the city a hell of a lot of money in stray bullet uh, wounds. Oh, hell yeah. The lawsuits are just going to fucking ruin them. So that was that was a runner-up. Another runner-up, the Occupy Wall Street. When Occupy Wall Street dropped, there were just so many Occupy Wall Street things coming out, just showing basically martial law around yeah, the country. I do miss some of that because that was a lot of the pepper spraying and always made for good video. Yeah, and this was this was in California when during a protest when cops just started lighting up people. All just, these kids got paid too. I forget what it was. They got I think thirty thousand dollars a piece for the getting um, pepper sprayed. And, it's, and in particular, like there's just one little Asian girl they start beating on. Because there's just a bunch of kids just like bound. Actually, there's a wall of cops in front of these kids. And they just, they just go nuts. Yeah, they beat the shit out of them. I really thought we were going to have a red-hot year this year, but they shut it all down. I'm really disappointed. I like the madness part of it. All right, what else we got? Next is uh, 
the the audio that was found of the Canadians being fucked with at the police border. Oh, and that was like um, the guy taped himself and wouldn't answer any questions. Yeah, and that was very controversial on the iBang because some people thought dick cops, other people thought just dick guy getting cops pissed off. Because a lot of these guys will go out and just try to piss off cops mm-hmm. and then videotape it like it's a punk episode. It was the other guy that was just going to um, random stops and was like, yeah, I'm not going to give you my my. He my was ID. great because then you figure out how much power you do have when you're stopped. Like, wait a minute, I can actually tell the cops no? This is fucking nuts. I'll tell you where I'm going around my business. <laughs> Next is a vicious beatdown of a kid in the Bronx. It's five NYPD officers just beating that shit out of this kid. I remember this one. And uh, his boy is, is videotaping it. Thanks for the help, buddy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, get him get paid later on. Yeah, you're right. You think this guy got paid, too? It's a lawsuit. Let's go! All right, none of these are the finalists. None no, of these no, won. No, this is the one. Now, the winner, mm-hmm. the Marine that was shot up 22 times in the bot SWAT police raid, where they bust in and you hear them light the guy up. When the cops busted into the wrong fucking house looking for a dude out and then kill this guy. SWAT teams seem like they make a hell of a lot of these mistakes of not so much that they acted improperly, but show up at the wrong house so everything becomes improper. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Killing a dog that belongs to somebody else. Yeah. And they're like, well, we got the dog down. Yeah, but one house over. In the meantime, <laughs> that guy's just loading coke into a bunch of suitcases and heading out the back door. Thank God they got the wrong house. I'm out of here. I'm going to put down! That was just the amount of shots they fucking lit this guy, this dude up with. 71 times. 71 shots. Springsteen's on that. Or I'll just fucking write that song and come back to Springsteen. Like, this makes your song look like shit. I get so many more shots. Come on, man. I do want to keep uh, on the thing with the breaks here, as I uh, promised. Uh, because we get to have a ball here. Uh, if there's a slight thing I can do, why can't I? Why do I always have to be an asshole? You're not being an asshole. Thank you. And you don't believe Sam and Danny where they say people are intimidated around me all the time? Maybe they are. You feel very warm and welcoming? Yeah. I'll make you pay for that oh statement. Oh, my God. Uh, what? Sam actually says that I can change reality just by acting like it happened. I don't know if I believe that. Uh, we're going to break here. Uh, we've got a lot more to do. One year anniversary of the Interbank. Thanks to everybody who has been chipping in. And I just said before, too, we're just blown away by the amount of response. 
We certainly expected... I honestly think if we thought we would have got one-tenth of this, that it would have been pretty cool. Um, particularly because we are not doing this in any kind of professional <laughs> marketing bullshit. All the jive marketing people... Uh, this is just, you know, being done for fun right now. And we do appreciate everybody that's calling and, and wanting to do something with it. And maybe someday that we will, but we'll have to see. it have to be the right connection, the right people. All right, we will break right now. Uh, right back, it's the Ron and Fez Show. It's actually only three syllables. Ron and Fez. More Ron and Fez coming up. Bridge of sights to rest my eyes in shades of green under dreaming spots to Ichiku Park. That's where I've been. What did you do there? I got high. What did you feel there? It's around a Fed show. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, we've got Joel Stein, and we didn't even set out to do this, but we have somewhat of a theme show. One guy is a manly man, and the other guy is not, but wants to be a manly man well, for his for kid because he felt embarrassed being a father. Um, being less than masculine. He couldn't live up. He, he felt he had, he'd do it for his child. One of the words that he was called quite a bit was the other F word. Oh. Which shows up quite a few times in Man Made. And what was great about it is it made me laugh out loud every time I've seen it. Because I now see that word totally differently. I now look at it. One, you know, was just slang. But now I just think of Fez Mad every time <laughs> I hear or see the word, and it makes me laugh every single time. It's like, oh, Fez will be so pissed. That wasn't well, the de- kind of change in thinking I was trying to promote. Well, I just think of it as a buzzer that annoys you. It's just, eh, you know, and like Fez hates that. He fucking can't stand it. So you wouldn't even use it in the book the way he did? No, no. But yeah, that's what he was called, you know? I would write uh, type F dash 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 dash. Oh, that's censorship. And it's really the same thing, though, whether you say it or not. They all know what he's saying. Do we feel like men are less than masculine these days? Uh, with, the, with the embracing of the nerd culture, and even when Mr. Offerman was saying that people say, like, hey, how do you look at, do, do woodworking? Uh, right. Yeah, it, it's definitely happening. But, you know, I've... Uh, I I don't have a lot of skills in any of those areas, and I've never 
you know, like question masculinity or thought, you know, I'm not a man. I mean, the, the thing that he goes through here of basically saying, I'm not man enough to be someone's dad was, was <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be honest here. I was almost shocked that's that like a, any man would have that. That's a crazy, I, don't know if, I guess realization is what he had, a crazy realization to have about yourself. Well, it's kind of weird because in tomorrow's uh, Unmasked that we're doing, we also had a guy who felt the same way, like he felt less than masculine because he was uh, bullied around a little bit. But by the way, both these guys that were bullied thinks that bullying is a very positive thing. It's a good thing, and it helped them in the long run. So they're they're not into the you know bullies are the most the worst thing in the world. Well, they do. They think bullies are the worst thing in the world, but getting past that is a really positive thing and it also becomes a good thing to get out of your shitty fucking town that you grew up in <laughs> i think one of the best things that can happen to a kid is when he has that i gotta get the fuck out of this place moment well then they'll start living i got a lot of living to do we got a lot more stuff on the interrobang coming up today but um Oh, Coke brought me some water. Yeah. I know it's the one thing that Coke is not as good as Dana when it comes to that. Like, Coke doesn't care whether I'm I'm fucking hydrated or not. I try to drill that into his brain. Ron needs to keep hydrated, but I don't know what... Well, under these hot lights, yeah. the hot lights of show business. Mm. Jesus Christ, Coke. You can't let... Dana's already fucking has like a... Fan page or something, I guess, on Facebook. I don't know what's she need, happening. She deserves one because she has a lot of fans I that guess, love her. I think it's just dudes who are trying to sleep with her. I want to get a 900 number going with her. I call it underage 900. <laughs> Every time you laugh, you get sick now, huh? I feel better, but just now a cough is just in place. And it just, it just, I can't get rid of it. Here's my prediction. Yeah. You are going to go from cough to coffin. Oh. From coughing to coffin, the Chris Stanley story. I'd rather be oh, cremated. Oh, you know what? I, I have a dream, too, because uh, Kiss is down here, and I've always wanted to do a fight. Chris Stanley against Paul Stanley. Let's go. Come on, cat robot or whatever his gimmick is. See, that's why I think that you have no problem with your masculinity, because you are ready to go <coughs> at all times. Fuck it. But Let's see what happens. There, there was another situation yesterday that made me laugh about you. So Chris is showing me this giant building on 57th Street, and he's doing it. See, it's going to be the tallest building in New York. And, he's, and as he's telling me, a lady, an old lady comes over <laughs> it's, and just takes his fucking spot. It's going to be the tallest building in New York. Nine $90 million for the penthouse. And Chris actually turned his back on her and walked and stood on 57th Street, pissed. And I kept asking her questions. I'm like, yeah. Oh, my God. What's it going to be done? And you don't you don't like to talk to strangers at all, do you? Uh, not really. It, it sometimes, at least on the streets of New York, I just like I just fucking keep quiet and keep just keep moving and just fucking... moving. That's right. Yeah, all those f words moving. <laughs> Plus, that lady annoyed me because I was going to throw out all those facts. I was, and it wasn't that 90. was your time. <laughs> that was your time in the sun. And you know, it wasn't ninety. It's eighty-eight million. Is the penthouse. I'm blown away that they would build a building that big uptown like that. I mean, you've never seen anything further north of the Chrysler Building. 
that you went to like that kind of height. It's crazy that it's all residential. It's just all apartments. This ain't some residential district. It's like three billion dollars <laughs> of apartments in there. Yeah. I know. Some old lady told me yesterday. I was. I know. I do that you first. Leave it, Ron, and tell me. I. By the way, I want to go over a booking sheet with you. <laughs> okay, get that out of your hand. Let's get that email. Offerman, you interested? <laughs> Joel Stein stopping by. Shut but up. He's got a book. I can have it here in Stop two days. Stop it. Give me that. That's always my favorite part of my day, is when Chris Stanley <laughs> reads me celebrities, and I get to turn down ninety percent of them. Going like this. No, I don't want that asshole in here. All right. And you're like, who are you to turn down anyone? All right, next. No, I like a lot of their movies, but not all of. Come on. Give them a shot. I'll get the book. We're getting to the point where I have to at least like you very much before you can get on the show. Preferably love your work. It's cool. Offerman was very cool to have been here. That was really fantastic, having Swanson in. And his mustache looked great. Rod Swanson. Thank you. Ron, it was a pleasure, and it's a pleasure to talk to anyone who gets beyond the normal shit that you've got to go through in this business. <laughs> he loved talking about his woodworking. And then everybody loved it after. No, Ron, I was on Twitter for two weeks and was bored to death, so I stopped it. Good for you. Maybe I, go on Pinterest. I ended up taking my iPhone and putting it on a lathe, and I made it much smaller. Really? You're doing, like, fucking cell phone work now? And the little girl from Parks and Rec, what's her name? Amy Poehler. Is just the cutest thing in the world. And now she's single. I can't even think about that. That's my second most depressing breakup. Most first... Louis De Palma and his wife, Carla from Cheers. Louis De Palma and Carla from Cheers broke up. Thirty years, I think, somewhere around there. Thirty years rocking the bay from the bay to the beaches. <coughs> no one's going to stay married. It just doesn't work, everybody. Gay people, you're all going to get divorced, and you're going to lose. I don't know whoever's money has more of it. I don't know. All right. Um, all right, so we've got um, man-made coming in just a little bit. By the way, Fez is doing some uh, of his, what do you call them, open chat rooms, Fez? Uh, yeah, live commenting. All right, so open chat rooms, what's happening with that? Uh, tonight, uh, the vice presidential debate. So that'll be uh, Paul Ryan against Joe Biden, live from Kentucky. So I'll be live chatting for that. And then, of course, live commenting goes on on Fridays, too, with uh, Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Shark Tank. You go into a bunch of tanks, and there's sharks in there. Scary. I want to do a thing called Tank Shark, where it's just a tank that looks like a shark. <laughs> and if I don't like your idea, I end up running you over with Tank Shark. They, are you telling to kill the person or just maim them? It's up to God from that point out. I just run them over them with Shark Tank. Well, that's a very busy week for you, Fez. Yes, it is. You're going to be a busy little bee. And what do you? What kind of things do you say in this live chat? Um, basically, well, with the debates, uh, usually who uh, got who with a zinger, who zinged who. 
It sounds really fun. I'm sorry I can't make it. And Shark Tank, it's always fun just to watch along and see if you can tell who's going to invest or if that person with their product is going to get an investment at all from the sharks. Yeah, I would imagine that would. It's like, I, I hope they get this product because then they can, you know. You ought to do baseball because then it's fun to see who's going to score the most runs and have more <laughs> points than the other person. Boy, last night was something at Yankee Stadium. That it was classic fucking was October baseball. Fantastic. Because, yeah, uh, well, and, and the Athletics game was good, too. The other two games were just blowouts. Yeah. So to have that to end the night, fucking so exciting. Not okay. for the Orioles. Well, it's still exciting, even if you hate it at the end. <laughs> you can't say that the excitement isn't there. Um, all right, we got a few minutes if you want to throw a couple more of these on. What's, what are the next awards? All right, this is something, uh, another uh, category that I have a specialty in, that I never want to see this again, Ward. It's the stuff that, you know, basically will have a not safe work or disturbing on it. All right, so don't put any of those up. You just explain to me as we go along. <laughs> this is all up on the Interabang. The Interabang turns one year old uh, this week. In some ways, it feels like just a week we've been doing it, <laughs> and other times it just feels phenomenally... Long. Runners up, car baby born in pants. The horrifying, I found it. I was horrified by that as well. It's just the guy's driving, the video pants to the right, and the goddamn wife has a baby out of her vagina in her sweatpants. Just slaps it down in the thigh of her sweatpants as he's attempting to drive as fast as he can to the airport. Thank you for not putting that up. (laughs) That's up on the eye bang right now. Okay. Then the the judge who beat his daughter. Oh, I hated belt. that one. That where he just lit her up and it was like. Right was that more audio though? Um, it was, you physically saw him doing it. Yeah, yeah. It was a little dark oh, in the room. She, yeah, she taped, and then and that guy ended up getting in no trouble. All the people that said he's going to go to jail for a long time and he's not going to be able to sit on the bench. I don't think anything happened to him. I know. Right, what else we got? Uh, the rattlesnake. The video, the rattlesnake pictures. Yeah, Stone. No, not Stone Cold. Stone Cold ET. The rattlesnake biting. Do me a favor, uh, just put a little Stone Cold <laughs> ET up, because I think it's the funniest shit of all time. Um, O and A got Stone Cold ET on their show today. <laughs> it's a great booking. And I just want to order a couple white castles to go. Can you repeat that again? I said Stone Cold <laughs> E.T. would like a couple of cheeseburgers and maybe a drink, and I'd like to get out of here as soon as possible, and that's the bottom line. Hey, do you want to tell Rose? I can't understand anything you're saying, please. Okay, you want Stone Cold E.T. to pull up what side? That's the funniest shit ever. Just pull up to the first window. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Stone Cold E.T. Lots of cheeseburgers. God, that's some funny shit. You, the other thing that's so funny is he can't even say while he's driving. No, it's he doesn't dangerous know where the fuck, fuck he's going because he's got a big ET mask on. It's so fucking funny. I want to hang out with this guy. What other Next stuff point. did we miss while we're watching this? Okay, uh, another disturbing video. The go back to Stone Cold ET, please, and uh, I can hear some of the stuff. But go back to my comp. There we go. 
There's a fucking block that I was trying to get up uh, an hour ago. Go ahead. The Miami face eating the aftermath picture of the dude's face just totally wrecked. Yeah, I don't want to see. See, I don't want to see these. <laughs> I'd rather you tell me about them, and I look at Stone Cold DT. That's why the disturbing tags on there. Move it up until he gets to the other part, and we don't have to go through that dead part. Go ahead. And the winner, the totally horrifying video of the Syrian man being buried alive. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that either. I'd rather watch this. Like to come to White Castle or a couple of cheeseburgers to fill me up before I whoop some ass. Give me a hell yeah if you're down with Stone Cold E.T. Oh, hell yeah! Because Stone Cold E.T. likes whooping ass. When Stone Cold E.T. rides a bicycle, I ride it long, I ride it hard, just like the Texas Rattlesnake when he's done whooping Vince McMahon's ass. Give me a, oh, hell yeah. What'd you say, E.T.? What? What'd you say, E.T.? What? I said I want to order two cheeseburgers, and that's the bottom line. Cause now Stone Cold love a little white castle burger with a little onion with a little meat on it. Boston eating those little white castle burgers. Uh, that's enough of that. You know Stone Cold like a little white castle action. Well I'm busy Take whatever you need, Danny. When I'm busy whatever you need, buddy. What do you want to do? Call you? Contact information for Mr. Stone Cold E.T. Oh, if we want to hook up with him? No, he's, he's your exclusive. You got him as an exclusive. Stone Cold E.T. That's the funniest shit ever, though. Just love it. Uh, update on the judge who beat his daughter as of a week ago. He was suspended. And now is seeking uh, reinstatement. Um, here's uh, Craig. Craig, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's going on, buddies? Happy anniversary to the entire thing. I just wanted to ask uh, Fezzi if he feels qualified to comment on the presidential debate due to the fact he thought Obama won the last one. Yes, I totally feel confident in commenting tonight. It you were the only it. person in America who thought that Obama won the last one. And now the numbers have swung so far in the other direction that people are wondering if Obama even has a shot at this. It's so weird how it doesn't matter about the stuff, just how you come off. You know that you've, you're dealing with a stupid person if they use the he seemed more presidential because that's what you're hearing people say. Who doesn't seem presidential? Michael Douglas fucking seems presidential. We're talking about issues. We're grown-ups here. Oh, no. But... We're not fucking casting somebody, but that's what they say. Mitt Romney looks more like a president. Of course he does. Look at the fucking guy. He's been fucking bred. It's just a, a He looks like a boy. 1950s uh, movie star. But why don't we, you know, why don't we pick George Clooney then? So that part of it, I don't get... But Obama did suck a dog's ass out there, and you you just can't do that. Fez refused to see it, though, but he'll be on the vice president uh, debate tonight. And if you were scoring that yourself, Fezzy, what would you have given the last presidential debate? I would have uh, given it like uh, uh, President Obama 50 to Mitt Romney's 30. All right, that big, huh? 
Whoa. So if that was a girls' basketball game, that would have been the final score, 50 to 30. I just hope Stone Cold E.T. comes in there. Why isn't he the vice? I'd fucking vote for that fucker. It's so funny to put on an E.T. mask and then do a Stone Cold voice. It's like a Stone Cold fucking chugging beers with E.T. All right, Lady Trucker wants to start a little trouble. Go ahead, Lady Trucker. Yes, uh, Pepper, could you please blow your nose? You blow your, oh, you blow your nose. You blow your nose. My nose is fine. I'm just fucking congested. Yeah, I'm getting sick and tired of hearing your boogers go black. Backwards. I don't need your oh, shit, lady. shit. Listen, Jill, I thought we were friends. You email me all the time. You just gave away her name. You know, she doesn't want people to find out. <laughs> She's Jill. It's fine, but come on, Pepper. I'm, it's just your sniffles are driving me crazy. Could you give us some snot rockets, please? No, I'm not giving anybody snot rockets. That's disgusting. Come on, get those boogers out of your head. No, I like them in there. Why? Oh, you like the taste? Oh, they're delicious. Well, get get well soon then. Thanks. <laughs> there she goes, Stone Cold E.T. It's giving me shit. Yeah, she is. Go off my dick, lady. If you, he's not gonna blow his nose if you blow his dick. <laughs> All right, what are the special prizes we're giving out to first responders today? Because we're going to have some anniversary-type things. Joel Stein is coming up on the show. Um, <coughs> that clip from Offerman, that we have it, me bring up Stein's actual voice, actual name? Uh, yeah, with you setting it up. Okay. And then Nick giving that great advice. Uh, his new book, Man Made, A Stupid Quest for Masculinity. Uh, we will do the first responders. We'll give away a signed copy of that. But what else do we got, Chris? Uh, let's see. I got a signed uh, Janelle Monet CD. Fantastic. I got a signed copy of The Adams Family. Who signed that? The director? Director, yeah. All right, so three prizes. Three prizes for first responders today for at... The Joel Stein at the Joel Stein. Um, anyway, this book is a stupid uh, Joel Stein uh, man made a stupid quest for masculinity. Did you at any point in your life ever feel like you weren't manly enough? <coughs> uh, one day I got ripped off. And and when I sobered up, I realized I got ripped off, and I felt less than I felt so angry and just mad at myself. Uh, who ripped you off? Uh, some dude on the fucking street. I was making deliveries at the time, and I was going jumping on the subway, and I was fucked up. I was drunk, stoned, mm-hmm. whatever. And some guys like selling a fucking um, a camcorder, like a, a hot camcorder. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, it's a fucking camcorder. I'll fucking buy that for like forty bucks or something. It's like I, I want a camcorder. I fucking get it home. I open it up. And it has, like, a brick in it. <laughs> fucking surrounded like, newspaper and shit. I was so fucking angry and just depressed and fucking, oh, fuck. This is, like, I, fucking 15 years ago, maybe? Here's a really funny thing, though. I mean, like, that can be a funny story. I know some guys who bought some empty speakers oh, no. from a van at a red light. Two <laughs> <laughs> fucking black guys are hanging speakers out going, hey, do you want to buy these? And he's like, yeah. I do. And he goes right in his pocket, shoved the speakers in, drives home feeling like a master criminal. Yeah. 
and fucking they were empty. I felt I, I felt the same way. I felt so good about myself. I got this great deal on this fucking $400 fucking camcorder. And I just felt just like a fucking sap and a chump and just fucking less than. But that's how you learn. You yeah. know what I mean? That's how you go. You say to yourself, okay, if somebody's offering me something incredibly cheap, uh... There's something because you're doing that because you're basically saying you stole from other people and now you got stole from. And that's like a pretty good lesson for a kid <laughs> to learn. Like, all right, I thought this was great because somebody got ripped off. Mm-hmm. But now I know right now what it feels like to be ripped off. But what would have been great if you would have opened that box, saw the brick and beat that fucker with it. Exactly. In the I should have fucking been like, right, I'm going to open this and look at it first, dude, before I buy it from you. But I was I was fucked up. And I was thinking I was getting a great deal. Really fucking sucks. Get pissed off just thinking about it. Oh, so fucking funny. Fucking dude. find that guy. I know it's right fucking. I know right by Fulton Street downtown. You're I know still waiting for his ass all these years <laughs> later. Yeah, I've seen a million of those type things, but the gimmicks of it are always so fucking funny to me that I'm like, ah, that's pretty clever. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, I was hearing you guys in the back talking about this story, and I, I don't mean to barge in on your show. No, I don't always. Like to do you're it. always invited. But uh, the same thing happened to somebody I used to know. Uh-huh. It was a family friend, and, and the story went that they uh, were in the city, and they were going home from work, and they were going to the train, and they saw somebody was selling, and this is back in the day, so it was answering machines. Right. <laughs> so, so somebody was selling... <laughs> Uh, answering machines on the corner for a really That's good great. price, and so uh, you know they picked it up, they they paid the money, and it felt weighty. So yeah, they exactly. just they just assumed that okay, this is totally legit. Got home, opened it up, it's a brick, <laughs> like literally a brick, just, a brick. not an answering machine that didn't work, <laughs> a fucking red clay brick. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. I always get the biggest kick though out of those kind of angles. You know what I mean? Just to that somebody goes, I've got a great new job. I'm going to put bricks in the boxes <laughs> and tell people. You're getting a great deal. It's answer machines. <clears throat> um, he wants the stark raving, crazy, good man made book tour. That's the name of it. Yeah, that's the name of his book tour. And the dates, of course, will be at the joelstein.com. But why is there, I always say this, there's stuff at it every single time. It's the Stark Raving Crazy Good Man Book Tour. That doesn't make sense. Good Man Book Tour? The Stark Raving Mad Mad Good Book Tour. I've got Stark Raving Crazy Good Man Made Book Tour. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, And he's at the Joel Stein. We're giving away three prizes. Ready? Uh, And this is basically Joel's thing of... He uh, figured out that he wasn't masculine enough when he became a father and went on this kind of uh, participatory uh, journalism thing to try all these different things. And uh, let's bring in Joel Stein. came from me and from your mom who did all the real work she made me put that in there son oh don't you see 
I can't be a man even in my own man song. Yes, in a way you were man made, made by man's about like a woman. But with my permission, I will try to change. I learn to care, I learn to fight, I learn to drink and drive stick and kill techniques. Tell the world you were man-made Son, when the sonogram Showed us that splotch That was your penis Oh, what a penis Oh, son, your manly crotch Made me feel like I was not Man. But I want you to know you were man-made Made by a man who's now less like a woman And trade stacks and people's houses And fights fires with throughput and and like scotch Harmonizes with himself You can tell the world you were man-made This is Joel Stein's own theme song to his book, which a lot of books don't have. It's theme sad. Songs. Yeah. It's sad that they don't, right? Yeah. You we put, should start a fun, like a Kickstarter thing. You put that together yourself, though. You said my book needs a theme song. Oh, it was the first thing before yeah. I even thought of like a title. I thought a book needs a theme song for sure. Now this uh, book, man made stupid quest for masculinity. Uh, you actually did have kind of a panic attack moment when you found out you're going to be a father of a. Of a boy? Yeah, I thought I didn't care what the gender of my child was. And then I looked at the sonogram and saw the penis. And I was like, that penis is going to want to go camping. That penis is going to get in fights. And that penis is going to want to throw a baseball. And I can't do any of those things. You would have preferred to have a girl at the time? Yeah, I don't think I knew that in my head. But yeah, yeah. I, it would, I wouldn't have freaked out. That's for sure. I could have handled that. Right. Yeah. Because then you would have been like a great girl's dad. Totally. Because like, I know all like as a kid... I listened to all show tunes, mm -hmm. and all my friends were girls, and I uh, had a glass animal collection and an easy-bake oven, so I was set. And the girl stuff I didn't know was my wife's problem, mm -hmm. like the makeup and clothes and stuff. Like No yeah. girl was going to expect that from me. So would you have described yourself as a, as a straight gay guy? Did you oh, think? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Were you confused? Were, were people confused about that when you were you younger? You know, I keep asking my parents, and because now looking back, I'm like, why didn't everyone think I was gay? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was just people weren't as tuned into that in the 70s, or there was something straight about me, or I always liked girls. Right. I, I did like enough straight stuff. Like, I liked baseball a lot. So I think there was enough about me that made people think I was straight and just a total pussy. But you liked baseball, but you didn't play. No, that seems scary. So you like to watch baseball. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's sounding less manly the yeah, more you... I mean, yeah, it really doesn't like make a lot of... Like, mainly when a kid doesn't right. like baseball, it's just dead to them. They're out of it. But you right away start thinking, I'll be a sports writer. I'll be that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, I formed that in my head quite yet. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was like... 
that was more appealing to me. And you grew up in Jersey and no fights, no street fights. No, I got beat up a couple times. Okay, but you never because the thing about you is I've always, he's, you're kind of a wise ass and that gets punched. Yeah, know? but I would use humor to diffuse the situation. Right. So as soon as things got tense, I got either a little more serious or self-deprecating. Right. It, it, if I, I wouldn't go, if I was picking on the tough guy and I saw he didn't like it, I immediately turned it on myself. Well, there is... Because you can get out of fights yeah. by being funny. Well, yeah. Yes, you can. And you can be the guy who busts the tough guy's balls if you do it the right way. Right. Stay back like, hey, did you just come back from raping a nun? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That exactly. That's great. You know? Or so, you, you find the thing that, that you can pick on that he's actually proud of himself right. for. Right. Instead of picking on the one thing he's kind of sensitive about. Yeah. And that makes him your friend. And then yeah. that means you have to fight less because you're hanging around with it's some tough It's so people. funny. I didn't figure... I just did that stuff naturally out of fear. Mm -hmm. But I figured it out. I remember, like, in high school, I was hanging out at some party, and this guy named Buddha, this just big Italian scary guy, started, he was drunk, and he just started talking to me, and he started telling me that he and his brother would get locked in the closet by their dad whenever they got caught watching Mr. Rogers. And I was like, why is this guy opening up to me? Why is this guy telling me this specific thing? And then I realized that I was, like, the... The straight gay guy. This is the right. guy he could go to to tell this kind of stuff. And uh, so so I think that got me not beat up, that people thought of me that way. They felt like they could confide in you. You were kind of a sensitive kid. But were you freaked out to uh, find out that other kids had tougher childhoods than you did? I mean, isn't that a strange thing if you've got somewhat yeah. of a stable family? I had, a re I had really nice parents. And my dad's kind of a tough guy. Yeah. And he was totally cool with me not being like that. And my mom, it was, it was the 70s. My mom was a feminist. There was a lot of free to be you and me going mm -hmm. around in my house. But yeah, when I found out other kids got locked in the closet for watching Mr. Rogers, that freaked me out. Right. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, that's always a strange thing. And I, when I, I remember when I found out from a friend of mine, he, he said, whose side do you jump on when your parents start hitting each other? And I'm like, what the fuck? You, what? You know? And he had to explain to me that his parents, you know, like when your dad's drinking a lot and he starts hitting your mom, do you jump on your mom's side? And I'm like, what? Uh, no, they jump on me. This is, I, I, I at that time never even knew that adults had problems with anyone other than children. And it's interesting because that's how you kind of learn empathy, which is that you kind of know in your head that parents get drunk and fight, right. but you don't think it through to the detail level of right. like, oh, then you have to jump in and help or. Yeah, or what it means to have a dad who's, like, homophobic. It means, like, you get locked in the closet for watching Mr. Rogers. Like, the, the implications of all this stuff are pretty deep. Well, and your thing is, too, I think one of the first big uh, jolts for somebody is when they really find out they're going to be a dad. I think in a lot of ways, that's harder than even being a dad because you're like, I don't even know this dude and I'm supposed to do this stuff, where it feels so much more natural once you have that kid. Totally. It's the thought of the kid that's frightening. Because mo like 90-something percent of parenting is reactive. Right. Like you're just reacting to whatever your kid does, and it's, it is pretty natural because you have to do it in the moment. But when you're psyching yourself out for those nine months, yeah, uh, yeah, you can get pretty heady. And I, that's, that's when I really started to feel like, I, oh, my God, I don't have that much time. i got to learn how to camp and hunt and fight and, uh, and, and you know, put out fires and everything and else. And you, uh, you honestly felt all those ways too, right? You yeah. You felt those things. Yeah. Like, would I have done them if it wasn't for the book? No, yeah. I mean, it's, the book's bullshit in that way. Well, I got some help from you. I think probably the most masculine person today is Ron Swanson, Nick sure. Offerman. And I talked to Nick Offerman about you 
And no. we be open to it. Yeah, we, we got a little clip of this. What? You know, Joel Stein's going to stop in here later, and he's written this book about how when he had a son, he figured out he never learned a lot of masculine things, he, and he was kind of freaked out about it. What advice would, would you give him? What advice would you give Joel Stein? Well, fortunately, in this day and age, you can literally learn to do anything right. with the Internet. Um, so I'd say to him... Try a bunch of stuff. Figure out what it is you like to do. Even in woodworking, you can do anything from tiny work like turning wooden pens or little mm -hmm. bowls to building huge slab tables to boats or post and beam barns. You know, there's a. So he took it quite seriously and is letting you know you could be a woodworker with I, a kid. God bless you for asking him that. Yeah. I'm so excited. I want that clip. He lives right near me. You, and he's got, if you go to his website, yeah. he's got this giant shop out there. Yeah. And he, he's building canoes. You should go over and just I, hang out with I'm him. I'm so afraid to approach him. But he, um, I judged a, because I live in L.A. and it's full of these type yeah. of people. I judged like a beard and mustache contest. Right. At, at the local library. Uh-huh. And uh, to give one of the prize, like Nick Offerman heard about this and was like, I will fashion something out of wood for your library <laughs> contest. And that was one of the prizes. That's he great. just heard about it and made something. Yeah, he's such he's a man. fantastic, man. Oh. Now, but that's what you were looking for. You were looking for those kind of experiences. Yeah. And you camped and you hung out with guys in the army and you did all, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. They let me do three days of boot camp in the army. Uh, I. I email the Department of Defense thinking that maybe they'd let me do this. And the next thing I know, all the uh, different parts of the military, all the different branches were sending me emails, making me better and better offers to try and get me to do their branch. To, to the point at which there was this uh, general in the army, General Mark Hurtling, who started sending me emails that said things like, I thought you wanted to learn how to be a man. Why are you talking to the Navy? A smiley face. Yeah, right. Smiley face. Yeah, I was like, there's a general who uses emoticons? Like, that's the branch for me. So I, I went and did three days at Fort Knox. How did it feel? Well, in the first three hours before I'd done any physical activity, mm -hmm. and it was hot, and I hadn't really slept, and I locked my knees, and I, I fainted. You for the first time in my life. But I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing, though. Oh, it was I, bad. It was very bad. I think, that, I think the point is that there you are pushing yourself. You know oh, that's I mean? a great way to look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is as much as you could possibly take, <laughs> and you've done it. What more do you want than that? Well, they let me continue, though. They were going to bail yeah. on me, so they let me finish. But every time I did something, like I did the night infiltration course where you get on your, you do a low crawl while they shoot machine gun yeah. fire over your head, and uh, I got to the end of it feeling very good about myself. And the next thing I know, there were like three medics. They were like, we heard you fainted uh, <laughs> earlier today. We want to make sure. Yeah, the last thing they want to do is lose a writer right, well, out there, right? But even if I like was suddenly drafted and I carried like three POWs over my shoulders yeah. out of some exploding building, they would just start making fun of me for being the guy that fainted three hours into boot camp. What was something that didn't, that while you're doing it, doesn't feel as manly? As you thought it was going to feel. What kind of job out there is not as masculine as you would think? You know, in a way, hunting. Mm. You really have to care about animals to kill them. You have to learn a lot about them. Yeah. You have to be quiet and stay in the woods. There's a lot of just being alone. Like I didn't. Uh, I thought it'd be much more aggro than it was. Right. So you're not chasing them down. And the no. weird thing about hunters is they're the, like the biggest conservationists. Oh, they love animals. That you could that you could find, and they love nature and they want to preserve things. Yep. And yet they're thought of totally differently. I agree. I, I left hunting with much more respect for 
what they do to animals than what I do to animals. Right. Like killing an animal and eating it is so much more humane and decent and responsible than eating a factory farm. Oh, absolutely. Because they yeah. live a life and they, yes. they live a life like what they are. And by know? the way, as this guy, so I went out with this guy, uh, who married the girl I had a crush on from kindergarten to fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And he's just a man. He does fit, hunting and fishing guides and he chopped down trees in their backyard to help build their log house. Like he used right. the actual logs from his backyard to build his house. And, um, yeah, when when he he explained to me that these animals that they kill, they weren't going to live and die in old age. Right. If they were going to meet some violent death, that's how it works out there. And their violent death by a bullet is probably in some ways less violent than what they would have experienced. So, yeah, it, what they do is not nearly as bad as eating like a factory farm turkey. We actually need more hunters because the deer have taken over the East Coast. I know, but deer seem so peaceful. Like, just, turkeys are assholes. Well, but, here's but, the thing. You can't drive without running into a deer now for like 800 miles. I know. It's, have you ever hit a deer with a car? No, but I've driven my mom along has, and yeah. seen hundreds. Everyone in my family, my family lives in Maryland now, and they've all been like, that's when I lost this car. That's when yeah. I and they're huge. Yeah, they'll destroy they're just your car. Gigantic, yeah. and people are getting killed. Um, it's and so far- dumb. Yeah, yeah. And the other, the farming type thing when they do the animals, I'm, I think we're going to pay for that. We better hope there's not a god for the way we treat chickens. You know? Oh my god, that's one of the. I think about disgusting. all the things that I'd have to account for in heaven, like the <laughs> fact that I hoarded money instead of giving it to people who really needed it. The animal eating, yeah, there's a lot to account for. Well, did you ever see that uh, movie, Defending Your Life? Of course, Brooks? yeah. Just think of how many times you're going to be stepping over homeless people. Oh, yeah. You know, just like, oops, get out of the way. Yeah, I'm going to Starbucks. Yeah, sorry, guy. <laughs> I, I don't have a dollar. I don't have nothing. I have a hundred dollars. Oh, what I always like to say to homeless people in the area is I live here. Just I know the, uh, grab the tourists. There's a lot of them around. Oh, that's interesting. Does that work? Yeah, it I works all the time. What do I they live say? Here. They go, oh, okay. Because what? I got that from when I was a kid. I used to travel with a carnival, and when the barkers would call you, say, I'm with it. So I'd basically give them the same thing. If I'm walking through Central Park and they try to get me, I'm like, I live here. I Wait, get that's so act. weird because that's the opposite of how society should work. Like if you live in a community <laughs> right. and there are people who don't have a home, they are part of your community and you should right. help them. But instead, it's like this whole city is a carnival. <laughs> yes. And I'm part the of it. The whole thing. I go get, bother the I, others. I, I go enjoy your act. I love it. <laughs> the only thing that I will normally hand money over for you is if you're doing a little dance for me. I like to see a little entertainment. Oh, my God. You, you're a carny. Yeah. For, uh, through and through. And I, just, I just I think you should have an act. I just, for uh, Time Magazine, I'm doing a story. I probably shouldn't tell us it's not. But yeah. I went in with uh, Cirque du Soleil in Vegas, and they let me do some of their act. And there, some of those guys are like fourth, fifth generation circus people. Sure, that's how it happens. That's how and how Romanian gymnasts. Yeah, yeah, but that's a different breed of cat, man. You are. And that's how they talk. You are uh, becoming our George Plimpton. Oh my you god, that's are, the nicest thing you could say. Yeah. By the way, there's a documentary out on him. I know. I I, I did a little bit on it. It's really great, yeah. isn't it? They interviewed me for it. Uh, it's just phenomenal, and he was probably. Uh, when I was a kid, I was seeing stuff with him. And I went I, to parties at his house a couple times after I got to New York. 72nd Street? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I was just... It was everything I kind of wanted for moving to New York. It was just like all those guys just sitting around in, in tweed jackets and drinking cocktails. It was and awesome. And then didn't he kind of work in the same apartment? Yeah. Like he had well, it was in? weird because the Paris Review is in that apartment downstairs. Uh-huh. And he hires like hot Ivy League girl straight out of college. Right. And it felt a little dubious, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, that's how he should live his whole life. He you did. Know what I mean, like being yeah. that guy. 
uh, George uh, George Plimpton. But uh, he did the, the thing is, I'll do things for like three days, mm-hmm. whereas he did like a whole season of playing football. Or, right. I remember I uh, I called him once because early on at time. Uh, where I read this column, I've got the uh, Islanders to let me play goalie for a practice. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to skate. So I called Plimpton, <laughs> and I, I got his advice on how to do it. And he was just really cool and nice. And the other thing I wanted to do that was very Plimpton was I wanted to fight Archie Moore. Cause he now? Had, well, this was in the <laughs> 90s, and Archie Moore was, was about 90. Yeah. And I thought, well, I can now beat Archie. I can do as well as Plimpton <laughs> did with Archie Moore now. And I was setting up, and Archie Moore died. Now you uh, you did some of this kind of stuff throughout the book, and you actually did the mixed martial arts. You actually got into that, yeah. Uh, and that's a frightening spot to suddenly find yourself into. That you know, you asked me uh, things that I wouldn't do or didn't think yeah. was manly. I, I felt the opposite about the MMA stuff. I kind of I didn't like it, but I think it, it was good for me. I might consider continuing to do it. Good all around just to be part of that, or yeah, good, obviously, just amazing workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, gets you over all kinds of fears but about confrontation, about uh, your body, about touching other people. Like, it's, 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 I've, I, I bet there's gay sex that's less gay than MMA stuff. Well, the other interesting thing in the book is that they told you still try to get out of fights, don't yes. train this to get into fights. They do it for a whole different purpose, but you still don't want to fight anyone on the street. No, and the Army guys told me the same thing. The Army does MMA now, and one of the th- reasons, one of the things they teach you in the Army MMA training is a couple holds to get you out of bar fights, because apparently if you are in uniform, mm-hmm. this is true if you're like a, a professional athlete too, There's, there are guys who like want to get in a fight with you just to say they got in a fight with you. So, oh, I got my ass beat by a Navy SEAL. They'll love to have that story to yeah, say. Yeah, or they probably won't tell it that way. Like, more like, yeah. I got in a fight with a Navy SEAL. Okay, yeah. Right? In a bar. Yeah. And then the bouncer broke it up. Like, who knows what would have happened. So, and if you get in a fight as a Navy SEAL at a bar, uh, and there's cops involved, like, you basically are in trouble with right. Navy SEALs, and you can't do your Navy SEAL stuff. So they teach them holds that basically end the fight without anyone getting hurt. And what, what they taught me is, it's like going to Iraq. You want an exit strategy. If you're in a fight with some random guy you don't know, anything can happen. That person is crazy. Right. So basically, if your exit strategy is as simple as kick him in the balls and run, that's great. You have an exit strategy, but you don't want to be involved. Well, what you bring up in the book, which is so true in a bar fight, you become exhausted almost immediately. You don't see this if you're watching a Clint Eastwood movie or Burt Reynolds. They're fighting forever. But when you get in an actual fight, you're just blowing up. In no time at all. Well, from the adrenaline. Yeah, from the adrenaline and the fact that you you went from zero to ninety, and you know almost immediately. So you really do need a fight to break up in real life. You need it to break up pretty quick because most people aren't in the kind of shape where they can stay fighting. Well, I did one round with Randy Couture, mm-hmm. and he told me that I was exhausted before we started, <laughs> just from fear just and adrenaline. The way you were breathing, he could just tell I had psyched myself out. I was exhausted. Yeah. And then it, I thought he was just going to hit me once or put me in a hold and it would be over in 10 seconds and it would be a blur of pain. But instead, he wanted me to feel the full five minutes. So he went at me at like, I don't know, 5%. And then he would like get me down or hurt me and then walk away and let me stand back up. But the, about two and a half or th- certainly by three minutes in, I had that boxer thing where you just want to get hit. You just can't move. You don't care how much You'd it hurts. You'd rather get hit than, than anything move. else. Yeah, yeah, you're so tired. 
Like uh, when you're driving and your eyes start to close and you don't care anymore <laughs> what you hit? Yeah. I'll just rest what? them a little bit as I drive along. That's <laughs> a thought. You've rationalized it. So where, Have you been in a bunch of bar fights? Well, when I was younger in my, in, you know, where I grew up, people used to fight all the time. And then once, you know, now I would go to anything to avoid fights. But I kind of grew up in a place where everyone used to fight quite a bit. That was like a weekend thing to do. No, it wasn't even done on purpose. It's like there's this thing. It was right outside of Philadelphia, but people there take everything as an insult, yep. every little thing, and then you have to do it. But also the fun thing that was there that, that kids now I don't think know is that if you got in a fight and I came with you, I would jump in with you. So a lot of your fights are, holy shit, you know, one of our friends is in a fight, and everybody go running. Well, the one fight that I got into when I was a teenager was in Long Beach Island, mm-hmm. and uh, this guy literally called me four eyes from across the street. <laughs> and uh, I think, and my only rationale for this is he thought I was dating someone he liked, but I, I'd never seen this guy before. He comes over from this pizza place, and he pushes me, and we start to wrestle, and I pin him down. Uh, and I thought that's all I knew from fighting. I didn't know it escalated from there. So then I, he was down. So I let go and we stood up and he punched me in the face and I, I fell down and I stood back up and he did it again three times. Uh, he punched me in the face and I fell down until he had enough. But my friend, Mike Gorker just stood there. Yeah. That's the worst. The worst, right? I actually, when I, uh, when I was a kid, I went up in the carnival in Canada. I was in Nova Scotia. And there was some guy that was looking for one of our friends, and I'm like, don't worry, there's 15 of us. And all the people in Canada went, what do you mean? And I go, he's not going to jump us with, with him here. And he goes, hey, it's a fair fight. And I actually had to say, what are you talking about, fair fight? We're not friends with the other guy. I go, an army isn't going to say, how many guys, how many soldiers are you sending? That's how many we'll send. In the art of war, don't be in a fair fight. It's the last thing you oh, want yeah. to do. Oh, yeah, it's like Queen's Rules. Or yes. whatever, not Queen's, whatever that was called. Yeah. But, yeah, the idea that there are these rules to fighting does not exist yeah, anymore. it just doesn't yeah. exist. You, you try to have the advantage. Uh, your son's how old now? Three. So you feel like you're doing an okay job as a dad? Yeah, because he, uh, he's a little more like me. So he doesn't want to do a bunch of these things. But I'm trying to expose him to a bunch of stuff, even if he doesn't want to. But he, he loves cars and trucks, so I've learned about those. And he wants what, to go camping. What's really great is you won't find out for years and years how you did as a dad. That's the beauty of it. How do you find out? You, you will find out on your deathbed. That's when somebody leans over to you and says, you know what? Here's where you let me down, pal. What, why would someone say, <laughs> someone's not going to say that while you're dying? They do it. The kid, the son said, I've been waiting to say this for years to you, old man. And it's time you found out the truth. Well, that guy's got to be a tough bastard. I, I think the thing is you never, well, because kids are so nice and they love you so much that you don't know the times that you've embarrassed them or broke their heart or whatever. You just find out many years later. You know, you think everything is going along great, but that kid's thinking in the back of his head. I remember that time. You just fucked my shit up. Yeah. Like, now I'm going to be thinking all the time that my son's hating me and not telling me. He's not even going to know it yet. He's just going to think, oh, I thought that's the way the world was. And then he's going to find something else later. I thought, oh, my dad never did that for me. That can be one of the books that you write in the future. The things that my kid's going to come after me for. I gotta, you should have had girls. It's so much better. It is, right? Yeah. Are your girls carny girls? Oh, yeah. Uh, they're out in the carny right now. They're, one of them is a snake dancer. 
and she's just doing fantastic. I'm going to make sure I get you that Nick Offerman thing. Oh, my God. I would yeah. love that. And you really Thank should you. go into the wood shop and do if, a story If you would let him. me. Yeah, I you would. would. He's <sighs> really open to it. Uh, the new book is uh, Man Made, A Stupid Quest for Masculinity. And it is a weird thing because we're at that point right now where we're not sure what a man is. You oh, know yeah. What I mean, it's changed. You know, if you really did go through life acting like uh, a masculine guy, you'd probably end up in prison. People they do. Would, yeah. They do. Yeah. They're full. Uh, it's uh, com and the Twitter is at the Joel Stein. Thank you so much, man. And c- come to my book tour. We're having a wa- free wine and free uh, food trucks. Where are you doing this at? Well, tonight's New York, and then next week, Denver, and then uh, Chicago, and then San Francisco, and Tampa, and Houston, manly cities. You can see this all on your website as well, yes. right? Okay, man. Thanks so much for coming. This was by. awesome. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next time coming through. Yeah. Son, you came from me and from your mom, who did all the real work. She made me put that in there, son. Oh, don't you see? I can't be a man, even in my own man song. Yes, in a way you were. For the first responders, we're doing three prizes today, very, very cool ones. And it's at the Joel Stein, at the Joel Stein, his new book, Man Made, A Stupid Quest for Masculinity. It's uh, one year of the Interrobang, um, and um, we want to give out some prizes. So make sure you guys jump on this. It's at the Joel Stein. You can also go over to the iBank for that. Why don't we break here? Mm-hmm. and uh, let the first responders do their thing. We'll come back and do a bunch more. But for first responders, it's at the Joel Stein. It's the Ron and Fez Show. This is the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez. Continues.
That's the new Stones. We opened the show with that today. Uh, right now up on the iBang, yeah. uh, 82% on the smash, 17% on the trash. It's a giant Rotten Tomatoes hit for us. That's big. I'm just starting to call that the Rotten Tomatoes meter without ever giving any credit to Rotten Tomatoes. Nope. No thanks. Uh, it is the Ron and Fez show. Your chance to win for first responders it's at the Joel Stein. Uh, we picked out three prizes, and what are they? It's Joel Stein signed book, mm-hmm. Janelle Monet CD signed, and Yams Family signed by Barry Sonnenfeld. You liked that uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, didn't you? Yeah, I liked him. He's great. Uh, we were saying it's one year anniversary of the iBang, and we were giving out some awards over there today. What do you got for us? Okay, this next category is Best Ass Kicking Fight Club Demonstration Award. Oh. All the beatdowns that have been caught. Well, let's see if I can guess. Give me some of them and see if I can guess who won it all. Okay, Girl Fight at Denny's. Oh, that was just a massacre of stuff. Son, the Saint even Brooklyn, the gas station fight. I don't think I remember that one. The um, Well, let's just say... Oh, yeah, this fight went on forever. This is the exact opposite of a Joel Stein fight. When I was saying fights have to end early, here's a guy in really bad shape, and the fight just takes, <laughs> it just goes on forever and ever of two guys putting their um, weight on each other. All right, let's hear the next one. Next one's a quick one, but it's the big piss girl ask, are you taping me, where a, guy, a random guy, a bystander, uh, rolls up on two women fighting each other. All right, I don't see that one. Oh, I do. That was only a couple hey, weeks ago, right? Me? Absolutely. Son of a fucking bitch! Are you taping me? Whoa! It's great when she comes running at him that her uh, tits are swinging. Yeah, those titties are right, right, about ready to pop out. All these are up on the eye bag today. It's like some of the year-end best ofs. Uh, girl arrested after viciously beating Twitter follower on the on the the beat down on the front porch. This one got pretty serious. Well, this actually looks like somebody needed to go to jail over it. Oh, that's sorry. Right. I can't look at that. That's a rough one. That should be put. Take it off, please. Uh, that should be put in the things that we never have to see again. The winner mm-hmm. was what's a phone posit? Nine students expelled after beating down a kid for his shoes on the college oh! campus. I forgot about that one. Where they just attack a dude who apparently stole the kid's sneakers. And they just run his shit. <laughs> While at the same time, you're yelling, world star hip-hop. And they actually got thrown out of school for this. Yeah. Who's your man, nigga? Who the fuck is your man? Who the fuck is your man, nigga? What? Fuck off me, nigga. Who's your man? Who's your fucking man, nigga? Don't touch me. I ain't touch you, right? Fuck you, touch me. And just knocks him out. Fucking jab him. Plus, I kind of felt bad for that kid because he was getting his shoes back, you know? Mm hmm. And he was walking down the street in the guy's sneakers. Yeah, that was, he was wearing them. That was the world. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the story behind it. Because I'd always heard that Cam Newton story 
where he had somebody's laptop and wrote his name on it in college. <laughs> and that's, like, really embarrassing. Yeah. When you go out of your way, like, I don't want anybody steal, uh, <laughs> steal this stolen property. Mm-mm. No, I got to fucking create this for myself. All right, so that was number one. That was the winner, yeah. Next category. What's a phone posit all about? A phone posit is the type of shoe they were stealing. The mm. phone posits. They're they're basically like Nikes. Look like they have little shocks on the bottom of them, but they're like foam. I don't know. I guess it's good for running. I'm not sure. I will tell you this. I found that much easier to watch than Twitter Girl. Twitter Girl was impossible for me to look at. That was a fucking real rough beat. That down. was like seeing a murder. She fucked shit up. Terrible. All right, what else you got? All right. The uh that's your crazy pussy award. Of all the crazy women showing up on the entire bang. There are so many. By the way, uh, you can still win. We're giving out three prizes today. First responder at the Joel Stein. At the Joel Stein. Um, all right, let's hear of crazy pussy. Let's go over those. Okay, uh, first runner-up. Naked woman climbs inside dead ho- car's carcass for art. That's got to be number one. Mm-mm. No, this is a runner-up. By the way... Everyone got obsessed with this. Yeah. It's a naked woman who's actually... <laughs> please, why would you go with that, not the naked one? You see the intestines. Go for the naked picture to the left. Left, Because that's a great little body she has. She's fucking amazing. And then she sticks herself inside a bloody horse. Yeah, she's covered in horse blood. Nothing could be bigger or a crazier pussy than this. The next runner-up, woman beating her cheating boyfriend on a New Jersey train. If you remember this. Let me where... see. I don't think I remember this one. Okay. Well, then, okay. You remember this. The draft, the Mr. Relevant, the last guy who's getting drafted on for the NFL. And oh, the woman yeah. went online and was like, she's just, I can't wait to get Mr. Relevant. How crazy this is. And we thought this was a work, though. Specifically college football players on the internet. My name is Brianne. I live in New York City. And... I'm super excited for the NFL draft, but I'm really not interested in anyone who's going number one or number two or, or number three or number four. Anyone really in the first round, for that matter, or second round, third, fourth, fifth. What I'm interested in and what I've got my sights set on is day three, round seven, pick 253, the last pick of the draft. Mr. Now, does anybody know what Peter. happened to that guy? No, I, I, I don't know who, who Why don't was. we Google? It's that simple now, thanks to Google. Thanks, Internet. Crazy Pussy Award. By the way, I wouldn't have had her up because I thought that was a complete work. I was waiting for her to say I, I work for GoDaddy or something crazy. <laughs> I've been paid to do this. Right, who's next? Next. <coughs> Is the uh, the gr- the crazy girl who showed up on World Star talking about her man's uh, jism? I don't remember this. You'll remember it once you hear her. Oh, she was great! <laughs> Hi, everyone, and of course, it's the one, the only, the most motherfucking crazy ass bitch, Autumn, for an announcement for Zach motherfucking McDaniel. I know who you are, bitch. You say I didn't suck your dick. Well, here's a banana. To represent the size of you. You this tiny, you this rotten, and you this fucking nasty. Your cum tastes like fucking salty biscuits, so get the fuck over yourself, bitch boy. Nobody will ever fucking like you. You nasty. Your dick smell like bananas and whipped cream and sour cream.
cream and everything nasty in between my motherfucking mama's legs, bitch. You love yourself. Fuck you, motherfucker. Anyways, that's an example on how Zach Medina's dick tastes. Dick actually tastes. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Man, Zach Medina, you dick don't even gag me, bitch. Anyways, this is all about with another awesome video. Hope to see y'all later. Bye. What you trying to do? Remember, I'm trying to suck the boys up. <laughs> she's got her own kind of branding, which is great. And she's awesome. But the winner was the cam girl who was harassed into crying when she was trying to put on a show to make some money. Oh, God. You know, a man who calls a woman a slut and a whore, he's a piece of shit. He's a piece of fucking this shit. This is a mental Don't breakdown. Society? He's a great society. Do you fucking matter? But you're not paying me, so you make me miserable. Not making money makes me miserable, so then it, therefore I cannot lose weight. And you're some miserable son of a bitch, aren't you? Do you even know anything about my life? Do you even know that a man broke my arm and that's why I gained weight to begin with? I've been trying so desperately to Hurt lose weight so that I can be the person that I was. Do you even fucking know that a guy that I love so much has an abortion stuff? That's the winner of the crazy pussy. Yeah, she was obviously the fucking craziest one there. Um, fucking insane. She, I, I guarantee you, she'll also be in our year end in memoriam because <laughs> she just has that whole scene. Oh, she's on the edge. And the, and the internet's just going to ride her. What's the next category we got? Next category is the It's Not All Bad News Negativity Award. Ah, oh, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Runner-up, Italian football team makes the coolest move ever. Oh, I remember this. This was the football team that, uh, it was a guy died, and they said, we're going to continue paying your family and taking care of them for the rest of our life. And we're like, that's the exact opposite of America. If there could be an exact opposite of an American football team, it would be this. Yeah, it was just something that was actually heartwarming and nice. What else you got? Next, Neil deGrasse Tyson explains how we are one with the universe. I love anything with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson's the man. No matter what happens. Uh, what else you got? Uh, an amazing view of Earth seen from space. From the space station. Love it. Uh, then the autistic artist who drew the New York uh, the New York from above, from memory. That one I love because I always wanted to be autistic. Again, the autism kids. They got yeah. all these skills. Uh, the craft and passion of building a guitar. Something we've been talking about a lot today. And then uh, the last one are up. Satisfaction of skipping a stone. Who doesn't like skipping a stone? This guy kills it. And who's the big winner? The winner? Giant Truck Tire. Oh, I'm glad to see Giant Truck Tire get some love for us. Because if there's one thing that we loved in life, it was Giant Truck Tire. This magical journey of this fucking tire. Let's just watch it again. I mean, they rolled this tire up a mountain just to roll it down. We got to remember the, that we're on the radio and we need to cue these up a little bit. They almost got over that. Let's go, boys. Got it. 
They got Let's it. go, boys. We didn't kill you. Yes. Watch that bear, bear go. Here's one of my favorites. Boom. Oh, it takes the jump. It keeps it Still up. rolling. <laughs> Amazing. Ah, it hits the fucking water. <laughs> You should be happy. You should be proud of yourselves. That's a that's a day well spent and worth everything it took to get that tire up there. And look at these guys. They're holding on to each other, knowing that they are now brothers in history, and they will get together every 10 years to salute the fact of giant truck tire. They'll never forget that truck tire. Also, last pick of the uh, draft, Chandler Harnish, backup QB for the Colts. And he's still playing? Yeah, he's on the team, yeah. How relevant is that? Huh, lady? Get off that guy. Give him a break. Next, we'll give you the iBang Illustrator of the Year, Mr. UCB Fred. UCB Fred. Congratulations, Fred. Uh, He's, of course, going on to bigger and better things because he can't be in this building. Mm -hmm. But he's the only person who ever realized... Uh, Chris Stanley is black and is a black werewolf uh, with his friend, two Biffles. Yeah, now, what did we even come up with Biffles for? I he I think he took it upon himself to make a Biffles thing because, well, Zito annoys the shit out of me. So I figured, hey, why not put him <coughs> them, make him look like they're friends? I might start marketing those as greeting cards. Biffles, the black werewolf, makes a friend. Yeah, out my I'm as pale as can be. Yet he found he thought I should have a very dark complexion. The Adventures of Fezzy Brown, where everybody got to fill in Fez's "I'm locked up" thing over and over, or Cookie, Cookie, Cookie. Uh, he's really good. Fred's great. Yeah, he's the man. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's the most uncomfortable thing ever. Oh God, the Brian McFarland sketch pad. Unbelievably uncomfortable. Just ridiculous. And then the drawing, his painting. Oh. And then think that he tried to rape their kid. Mm-hmm. Not rape, but get alone in a room with it and take a shower. I Sorry when I say it. It's a little girl, but I'm never all that good at knowing what sex kids are. Neither am I. Don't worry about it. Mm, good, I'll be, then I'll hang out with you, Biffles. My black werewolf best friend. What do we even mean by Biffle? Best, I, I guess it's, it's, I think it's a take on BFF, like Best Friends Forever, but then it's I like, never say BFF. But then it's like, you guys are BFFs? No, we're Biffles. Because it's like a word now, instead of saying the three letters. For the first responders, it's at the Joel Stein on Twitter. At the Joel Stein, prizes on the line today. And a big night you can spend with Fez tonight as he does his, what he calls the open boardroom. Um... Your chance to sit down with Fez, watch the VP debate, and any baseball tonight? Oh uh, yeah, uh, I think it's uh, all th- all three all four games are going on again. It's the Yankees and it's uh, Nationals. That I'm gonna have a hard time watching this debate. You start at nine o'clock, Fez. Yeah. It's Yank. It's uh, Yankees, Orioles tonight, and uh, Detroit Oakland tonight. 
the day games are the Cards and the Nationals, and uh, San Francisco's playing Cincinnati right now in the left game five. This might be your last time to catch Fez in the open chat room in quite some time, right? Oh, yeah. 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 It could be a while again. Really? Oh, no. How long before Shark Tank? Friday. That's Friday night. It's one night after? Yeah. Okay, so could be a while. <laughs> or 24 hours. 23 in this case. But anyway, let's not even focus. Let's move on to this. Uh, what do we have? It's the Internet Personality of the Year Award. This includes nominees like the Hodge Twins. Oh, we did like the Hodge Twins a little bit, and then yeah. we never went back to them, but we thought that they were really great. He ain't, man. You ain't thinking, man. This dude talking about, he got 30 kids, right, by 11 different women. 30 kids by 11 different women. he thought that shit was, thought he was a player. You know, bet he had a reputation he had to pull. Think about that. 30 kids with 11 different women. Laid down with them and just started busting nuts deep inside. 30 kids. Yeah, just leave his nuts hanging out. And he's just, nuts is tight, right? He's just exploding in all these women. And all these babies are coming out. in a man. And all these damn babies are coming out, man. Yeah, they're here and there, here and there, fucking a girl, right? All them kids, you can hear them in the background. Oh, mom and daddy, open the door. And he like that. Ah, 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 ah. Sometimes they look like these twins hate each other, and other times they're very happy to be together. They have a strange relationship, though. They do. We can never understand twins. I'll tell you this. You throw a rocket one twin, you better throw two, because... They gotta have everything evened out. Mm-hmm. They feel. Next is a kid who made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. To tell you the truth, that was the young Twerker boy. Yeah, we don't even need to watch Twerker <laughs> boy. That could even get us in trouble. Uh huh. I'm sure he's been raped since then. <laughs> Next, uh, Alexis Tyler. Dick will make you slap somebody. She's nowhere for us, but she still was beloved. Very loved. Of the woman that we. Truly, just fucking couldn't get enough of was Street Brown. Wonderful. And she actually blew up all over the place, so she started doing commercials. Oh yeah. One resident described this was on fire. Well, I woke up to go get me a cold pop, and then I thought somebody was barbecuing. I said, "Oh Lord Jesus, it's a fire!" <laughs> then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing. Jesus, I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Sweet Brown still, class. Ain't got nobody got time for that. Nope. Next runner up, the final runner up, Mr. Carter Johnson. As he fled from police. Now he came in Dukes of Hazard, getting it, digging like that, like Dale Jr., and then hooked up. And shot forward, and when he hooked up and shot forward, that's when he came and, and, and hit. He went by me. Short but sweet. Oh, it's fantastic. He came through like Dukes of Hazard, getting it. Getting it. And then the winner. It's hard to think anybody could beat Daryl Johnson. I know. The, of the Internet Personality of the Year Award. Mr. Frankie Mac. Frankie McDonald. Citizens of Texas, attention citizens of Oklahoma, attention citizens of Kansas, tornado warning has been issued for Texas, supposed to be real powerful tornado going to hit Texas, people in Texas, 
be prepared for a huge tornado. It's going to hit Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas on Tuesday, March 20th, 2012. Tornado will be real powerful. It may destroy a lot of houses. A lot of debris will be flying all over the state of Texas. I gotta Oklahoma, tell you the truth. And all honesty, I love this kid. There is just so much life in him. And he gets the news out there. And he he's sells consistent. it. He's consistent. Like he keeps yeah. turning shit out and he never stops. Yeah. And he's got his things down. He knows the intention thing. <laughs> he knows the pizza and Chinese food. You got to go back to that. He comes up with it. Sometimes bottled water. Sure. But he's the winner. He gets it. Personality of the year. That man has personality. Uh, of course. Uh, hey, John. John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey there, Ronnie B. Um, can we expect a season edition of Baby Snoots, or are we just fucked for the year? It doesn't look like I live in a world that cares about Baby Snoots. Oh, I care a lot about Baby Snoots. I love that thing. You would have been on it right now with Fred. Instead of pushing your Biffles project, I, I don't have which a Biffles project. died on the launch pad because you look like a black werewolf. <laughs> um, hey, how you doing, uh, Jeff? He's nice. He's come back to listen to it. He's proud of that, huh? Attention, people of Texas. Chinese food. Uh, so that's it for us. Personality of the year was number one. No. Now we have the woman we can't take our eyes off of. Runner up, Yvette Lavola, the sprinter from the. Uh, we oh, the she's the winner. She's no, 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 amazing. Runner up. She's the runner up. The, the runner ass up. on this woman was phenomenal. Yeah, she could work it. I'm glad we have some of these together because I forgot all about her. Now you can remember. Now you can remember everything. She really worked that thing during uh, for starting this damn race. You gotta work it if you want to fucking be the best. That girl's ass should get her own TV show. <laughs> well, that's Yvette Lavola. Next runner-up, mm-hmm. another Olympic find, Michelle Jenicky, the happy dancing sprinter. Oh, everybody fell in love with her. She's from Australia. Yeah. And she goes, she's dancing, having a good time. She looks incredibly happy to be running. Would you give up your citizenship to be with her? No. USA all the way. Not me. I'm out. <laughs> You're gone? I'll think of, try to think of some way to get back. <laughs> I'll live as an exile. All right, what's your next one? Miranda Kerr, when her nude photos dropped from Brazil. I mean, uh, from uh, Vogue Brazil. Everybody went ma- madness for this. This was a server juice problem day. People were losing their shit over it. Jesus. Yeah, she should be happy with herself. <laughs> she had a big year. Next runner-up, Hayden Panettieri. Oh, I forgot these pictures. She was playing tennis in a tiny little bikini. Yeah, just like in the backyard having a good time. She is what you would call a hard body. And she's tiny. She's like a little person. Like a 10-year-old boy. Yep. 
<laughs> the winner of the woman. None of these people are winners. No, they're not winners. They're runner ups. These bros are runners ups. The winner of the woman we can't take our eyes off of award. We all know her. It's Cat Daddy, Kate Upton. Kate Upton became somewhat of a like a little angel for the entire bang year one. I can't imagine that there'll ever be a woman that has grabbed people's attention away so fast and yeah. just so long. And then she puts out these whacked out videos for dancing. Cat Daddy. Everybody lost that. No, okay, no, more. That could kill you. <laughs> You'd be better off going down on an atom bomb. Uh, well, Filtered Excellence was just absolutely amazing this year. And also, uh, Blue Center Light Pop is one of my favorite places to go. Great. But I also want to thank so many people that, that put up the Ron Bennington interviews up online. And, of course, all the people that are in there. And in the next 60 seconds, Fez is going to read off the names of the interviews we did in the last here. Are you prepared for this, Fez? I am ready to go. You need a sip of water? Let me get a quick one. This isn't going to talk into another one of these crazy notes that you gave me, right? Did you see that I did not let him get me to say the name of it because I knew that we were wrong? Okay. Yeah, and that came right from his girl. Dude, it's Stark Raving Mad presents the man-made comedy book tour. I have from Fez that he wanted me to say on the air. Stark raving mad, crazy good, man-made book tour. I knew it was wrong. I knew it was insane. And then he was going, hey, and I got my book, book tour. And I'm like, do you? Really? Because I'm not reading out any of these fucking craziness. I would love to get like a sheet that just didn't have corrections. And at this point, incorrections written on the top of it. All right, these are the people who were on the iBang this past year, we only have 60 seconds to do it in their interviews, and we want to thank them uh, one and all. Tom Tom Club, Jeff Bridges, Kenny Wayne Shepard, Bill Bailey, Bob Gruen, Nick Mason, Armand White, Sugar Ray Leonard, and Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Daryl Hall, Emilio Estevez, and Martin Sheen, Chuck Klosterman, Sean Dunn, B.B. Buell, Antonio Banderas, and Elena Anaya, Lindsey Buckingham, Hanson, Justin Vivian Bond, Don Myrera, Paul F. Tompkins, Eddie Trunk, and Don Jameson, Werner Herzog, Joe Cornish, Elijah Wood, Mike Zito, Heidi Fleiss, Robert Vitti, Grail Marcus, Tommy James, Marcia Gay Harden, Russell Simmons, Harvey Weinstein, Jeremy Piven, Michael C. Hall, Nichelle Nichols, Johnny Corndog, Damian Lewis, Cameron Crowe, Rich Voss and Barney McFarland, The Suck Lord, Ke- Kenneth Branagh, Paul Anka, Brad Bird, Simon Curtis, William H. Macy, Joe Berlinger, and Paul and Bruce Sanofsky, uh, Mark Wahlberg, Edward Burns, David Duchovny, Stephen Merchant, Vincent D'Onofrio, Ralph Fiennes, Vanessa Redgrave, Emmy Rossum, Ron Eldard and the Cuesta Brothers, Dave Barry, Stephen Van Zandt, Patrice O'Neill, Dr. Drew, James 
James Cromwell, Nicolas Cage, Stephen Dorth, Mo Rocca, Todd Rundgren, Paul Dano, Don Cheadle, Lyle Lovett, Jason Isaacs, Rob Riegel, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Ice Cube, Isaac Mizrahi, Mike Dotry, Kelly Lynch, Abel Ferrara, Chris Moneymaker, Tommy and Linda Ramone, Lee Hirschen, Cynthia Lowen, Yardley Smith, Danny Houston, Donald Sutherland, The Verbs, Martha Plimpton, Ronnie Wood and Kenny Jones, Ziggy Marley, Talking Heads is Chris Franz and Tina Weymouth, Donovan, John Cusack, Jeff Goldblum, Penn Gillette, Jeremy Irons, Kathleen Turner, Matthew Modine, Sissy Spacek, Elizabeth Hurley, Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez again, Bobcat Goldthwaite and Joel Murray, Steve Gutenberg, Kinky Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton, Tito Beveridge, Barry Sonnenfeld, Patty Smith, Buddy Guy, Tommy Tedesco, Ken Calais, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jack Bruce and Vernon Reed, Charlie Watts, Harvey Weinstein stopping by again, Aziz Ansari, Sigourney Weaver, Ellen Burstyn, Matthew Lillard, Gina Gershon, Pat Lafrida, D.L. Hughley, Ryan Bingham, Graham Nash, Roseanne Barr, Spike Lee, David Bodiah, Matt Grievers, Kayla Harrison, Amari Stoudemire, Heidi uh, Ewing, and, Grace, and Rachel Grady, Jeffrey Rush, Josh Radner, Otto Peterson, Melissa Leo, Izzy Paskowitz, Robert Herjavec, Damian Lewis, Tony LaRussa, Fran Lebowitz, Carol Burnett, Tim Conway, and Vicki Lawrence. Oh, it's very nice, Fezzi, but my big beef there is you said Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. It's Rafe Fiennes. It's Rafe. Let's do a, a two. How long did that take him? Two and a half minutes. Need to get that down to one minute, big man. Okay. So knock it out. Tom Top Cloud, Jeff Bridges. I'm only kidding. I'm not going to make you do that. You love reading, though, don't you? Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's such an amazing list to get to read. But why, why do you love re- reading so much? Well, other than mispronunciation. The only, only person in your family? Well, yeah, basically. And then I've never picked up a book. So that's how far back they are. Sad. I should have had that written down for him. <laughs> um, we'll wrap this up, too. It's uh, the Joel Stein at the Joel Stein for the uh, first responders contest at. The Joel Stein. Um, I want to do this same show tomorrow where we just go over the same things. Okay. Because I was cracking up during this. Stuff I forgot on there and stuff like I just forgot how much I loved. Like the the white slide video. Really, I still love that kid with the fucking sparkle on his dick. There are so many of them that are absolutely fucking hysterical. It really is true. The computer's starting to just beat the shit out of TV. We're not going to go, oh, we had a great time watching TV. I prefer watching on the YouTube. By the way, Matt Drudge just has up a big picture of Joe Biden and just has America's punchline. I think it's so funny. Drudge is a real prick. I've found out that that's not even the real name, Matt Drudge. It's yeah, the real name is Shower Bench. Shower Bench is the real Matt Drudge, I believe. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, Joe Biden, who has served in the Senate, was like the second or third highest ranking senator before he became vice president. Who ranks them? Uh, seniority of how long they've been in the Senate. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So the longer you're in, the better you are? Yep, the higher up you go and like your pick of committees and stuff. All right, I'm going to pick out uh, three uh, winners for us. Let's go with Deuce at the underscore Deuce 2. All right, Deuce. Uh, Ice Hole 75. 
Winners. And Jerkaruso at Jerkaruso. Jerkaruso is a winner? Yeah. Finally, for the first time in Jerkaruso's life. <laughs> I think Jerkaruso didn't used to do a show with Mad Dog. Wasn't it Mad Dog and Jerkaruso? Fez, yesterday we had such a great time when we went out for cheeseburgers. Where are we going today? Uh, you want to get some more burgers? You want to go to Five Guys? I don't want to just repeat the same day. Let's have Burger Week. It's Burger Week on the Ron and Fez show. Where are we going to eat burgers this time, guys? They're the guys who like burgers. They're good. I like fucking cheese on them. I really do realize that we are up too high to do stuff after work. And it just seems like once I head all the way down, I'm just like, uh, whatever, I'm heading home. Where at that other place, that was really our neighborhood. Now our neighborhood is up in the sky. Our ne- that's our neighborhood, the sky. And just like the security thing, of it's just a hassle. Yeah, I know. The other day I went out for lunch and I came back here. <laughs> and uh, I had to redo the whole thing. I'm like, what am I doing? It's annoying. And just the elevators are a nightmare from the fucking NBC people clogging them up. And it's just annoying. My new name for them is the NBC horse. And I do this when any of them get on. <laughs> Look who's coming on. Oh, stopping at NBC. That's a surprise. Doesn't fucking uh, shock us that you're going from 29 to 30. Well, your leg's broken? No, we've got to honestly vote on this. Do you think that line today uh, was Rob Cross's line or Iraq Sex Bagels line? I'm on Sex Bagel's side. Fez? I think it's got to be Erocks if he said it first on the air. I just think there's been a mix-up, and it's Rob Cross's. I've never had Rob Cross say a, a lie to me before, and I never saw him. Now, normally I would be the, the tiebreaker in this, yeah. but this is the first time that even though you guys are on the same side, yeah. I'm not going to unbreak the tie. I'm no. just going to make the loss closer. <laughs> it's not as dramatic. <laughs> But it's still the same exact thing. There's a party going on right here. There is. We're going to have a good time tonight. Let's celebrate. Have a good time. It's right. it's, that should be the, the big guy bang anniversary party tonight. We'll go eat a cheeseburger. Mm. What do you think, Fuzz? Uh, we can wait till tomorrow and do something bigger. Bigger than a cheeseburger. Bigger than a cheeseburger. We really like cheeseburgers, though. Remember, remember how much fun we had eating cheeseburgers yesterday? How big are we talking? Will we leave the country? No, no. We'll stay We'll stay in Manhattan. All right, let's go to Per Se. You ever eat at Per Se? No, it's incredibly expensive. It's like one of the most expensive restaurants in the city, right? I've eaten there. Is it fucking worth it? What I did was order two of everything and just took one plate and threw it on the floor. Okay. I said, that's not what I think of money. That's... It's a waste, all right? That's a waste to just throw away food like that. What do you want to do? Burgers? Or, I, you mean hot dogs tomorrow? No, we can do something fancier than that. Maybe some steaks or something, or maybe go Italian. I feel like I'm pulling teeth here. I don't know what the hell's happening. But we got so much stuff... Uh, 
You know, if we go out like that, we normally spend a while, right? Yeah. But you got Shark Tank. Uh. There's a party going on right here. How many dinners do you owe enough, Ed? <laughs> I think I'm honestly down to six. Baker's dozen, easily. That's 13. Yeah. Is it 13 or six? It's six. I think it should be six if we did it six straight nights in a row. Oh, yeah. And then you could get it off the books. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. I'd be Or ridiculous, so, like us so, kids say. So fucked up. We uh, didn't have anything about Fez's coming out party. That was a big thing on the uh, iBang this year. That was huge. Hey, are we doing a zombie thing or whatever with you this year too, Fez? Um, I have not found out yet. Hey, um, Paul O contacted me and for the third time is like, is Fez joking about having me come up? Were you joking? No, he can come up and stay. Uh, I told him he could stay a week. No, I thought it was like a month. Everything changes and gets smaller. Was it a month? No, it was never. I never said a month. Oh, I, I'm going to go you back go, and look at the tape. Would you bet on it, Hicks? <coughs> would you bet one of Fez's dinners? Oh, yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet fucking two bet Fez dinners. Fez? That's fine. Oh, all right. I, I'll be digging into the fucking... <laughs> Shit later. I know exactly what day that was, too. Yeah, he got a toast. Look, Paul O. He checked it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's in my phone where he fucking was texting me. So, Fez, you think it's a week and you think it's a month. Yeah, yeah. I, not I know I never agreed to a month. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to fucking win this one. You're sure of it, Fez? I'm sure. That sounds insane. Um, where did you go this year? Mental hospital? <laughs> yeah, that was before the mental institution. But do you understand that you're the last person that should say that something's insane? I have an eyewitness view of it. I know what it's insane. I'm so fucking sane it hurts. I really think I like the new Stone song. It's good. 86%, by the way. Call it a smash. That's a nice Rotten Tomato number. All the critics are loving it. <clears throat> of course. Of course, why wouldn't they be loving it? It's on top of the fucking world right now. It's the world's greatest, world's greatest rock and roll band. Hey, Adam, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I remember Fez saying a week. Pepper's wrong. Well, All right, well, I'm going to look back right, at winner. it. winner. What that, that guy? I'm going to fold the tape. Yeah, we don't need to go to Adam as the winner. We have tape for it. If you won, Fezzy, you won. There's no doubt about it. Here is, um, they put his name up as Brain. So I've, uh, I expect uh, it's Brian. Go ahead. Yeah, Fezzy said, Fezzy agreed to a week, and if the week went good, uh, it would become a month. Oh, that could mean that you're both right. Hey, Rob. 
brought a witness to defend my uh, my, my, my origination of the oh, shit. of the statement. Jeff Reagan. This, this happened. I believe we were exiting the restroom mm -hmm. uh, separately. Jeff, yeah, together. Yeah. Uh, you're, this morning, oh, no one's accusing you homophobes well, no, of anything. No, but here's the thing. They share it all. I was into it. I'm and then they take a pee break we together. We decide it's now time to get up and, and take a walk together. Yeah. We drink coffee together. It's, it's, Shall we tinkle? He's my work right, So what exactly happened, Jeff? All right, so as, as Rob has set up here, I guess somewhere between 9.30 and 10 a.m. this morning, mm -hmm. Rob commented to me uh, in, in very clear tone uh, that uh, this place does remind him of the uh, the infamous series of Sports Center commercials where there are the most random celebrity, big name people doing weird, random things, and all of a sudden a mascot from the University of Miami is making photocopies. That's that's what he said. Now, Rob, did Eric Sex Bagel Iraq hear you make that statement? No, Eric and I were n were not um, uh, not, not not in the not in the same general location prior. And you to were not listening after the show to the Sam show. Uh, no, this was before the Sam show was on. I think Kirk Hammett was in in with O and A at that point. So, and by the way, they had a cavalcade of stars on the show. It was show. A, it was, it was, was officially a cavalcade. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> you had Ron fucking Swanson. I know that was gigantic. Awesome, and. Uh, but, so, how did you guys both come up with the same great joke the same day? Uh, you know, I think Eric and I uh, share a superior intellect. Now, and, by the uh, way. keen sense of observation. <laughs> I don't if, know. <laughs> if you will go back and listen, I was on your side. These two guys voted against you and called, yeah, Chris. You, called you a carny thief. <laughs> thief. <clears throat> I'm not above stealing uh, yeah. lines from Eric. I just haven't heard anything I want to steal yet. If Jeff Whoa! Oh, no! Alright, anyway, that's it. I just had to bring a witness. Oh, look, that's all I need. Nice to be part of the show. You're, by the way, you're welcome down here every day. Awesome. We run out of material so quickly that we'd love to have you in. Anything just, you need verified in the hallway. I don't yes. have a job. I just walk around the hallways. That's all I do. Well, let, let me know what time that you and Rob have to drop mud. Yep. And I'll come in and talk to you guys under the stall. We, we only <laughs> synchronize urine. We don't <laughs> synchronize shitting. That's, uh, that's it for us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. And that's the end of my show. Donk. This has been the Ron and Fest Show. If you missed any or all of it, or if you're slow to retain information and need to listen to things twice, check out the Ron and Fez replay. Check out the Ron and Fez replay. I said that. Weekdays at 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific. Weekdays, 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific. I know we're all ADD now, but we're trying to penetrate, trying to reach inside your head, trying to cut through the clutter and grab your brain by the throat. The Opie and Anthony Channel, XM 105, Sirius 206.